0: welcome to the into the wilderness podcast you'll uh, notice behind us that we have slightly different surroundings and if you were at the british shooting show you would have seen these uh, at the fortis and the vortex stand and that for those i
1: just realized for those people who are which is the vast majority of you listening on itunes you will have no idea what we're pointing at right now that's very this cute. is for the the benefit of the the youtube watchers which which we've listeners. just
0: which we've just started videoing for youtube yeah
1: so, if there's anything in any of the last two podcasts and anything going forward that you would like to see or guests you would like to see, then head over to the YouTube channel, which is Podcast Into the Wilderness.
0: But as 99.9 of you listen on iTunes, it doesn't really matter.
1: No. But this week is very different to what we normally do. And we won't be making a habit of this. It was just that we were down at the British Shooting Show last weekend. And it seemed a shame to be there and interact with so many people and not bring our podcast listeners any of it, so if you are a l- listener who is not really into the the hunting scene, fear not we will return to serious debate um, from in, from now on in in two, in, in, in two, weeks, two weeks time in two weeks time yeah. but there are a uh, you know a huge number of you who are into you know our hunters and are into the the hunting slash countryside scene in particular then you will find a there lot is, of this interesting. But there, there is a really important yeah. part of this podcast, actually, uh, which if you're involved in the countryside at all, you need to listen to, and that is? Lyme disease. Yes, which is near, near the start of the podcast. So hang fire for that, even if you're not into the, the technicals of new products.
0: I, I would highly recommend yeah. w- uh, trying to find, or we'll, we'll put it in the description, the time of the time of Lyme Yeah, let's disease, do that. But I would highly recommend listening to it uh, because they need your help. Yes, on, they on do. Lyme disease. It's it's something that we are actually probably in the short future going to dedicate probably a podcast to. Yeah, we're going to try and get the, um, the professor because who is it's on. such a it's such a major thing. And if you listen to this this interview, you'll understand it's on the rise, and we need to do something about do it. And and this family. study
1: that uh, is being talked about is basically there to to try and find find cures for it um, and prevention for it. So yeah, hang on and and listen to that. If you don't want to listen to the everything to get to it, we're going to put the, the timestamp in the description.
0: But on this week's show, me and uh, Byron, we, we tried our hardest. We, tr- we tried our hardest. So for the YouTube guys, we took pictures. We couldn't video the whole thing because of the complications of trying to record the podcast. And, and we don't have
1: a dedicated cameraman. We, so. we
0: don't. We film everything ourselves. So we've taken some beautiful pictures for you to look at on YouTube and all our iTunes listeners, which is most of you, uh, if there's something in particular that you go, I really want to know what that looks like, head over to iTunes and then you'll- No, s- head over to YouTube. Sorry, head over to YouTube and then you can see what it actually is. So all the pictures were taken up by us pretty much. Either that or we nicked them off the Facebook page of the particular person we were talking to at the time, which I think was like two of them because yeah. we managed to get pictures of everyone. But there's a,
1: a very large variety everything from scopes to outfitters
0: and yeah, limes uh, so. we try to talk to as many people as possible now what we've we got coming up in the next few weeks Bart? we've got some really interesting stuff and really good debate that you need to get involved in what is it
1: that is the debate regarding the reintrodu- reintroduction of links to scotland now yes. if you follow the sax facebook page which of course is the scottish association for country sports who are our sponsor you might have already seen that uh, they have gone out and asked all of their members and anybody else yep, um, basically to give, them, to give them feedback, and it is open to anybody. Um, visit their Facebook page, find the, the picture with the links, leave it's a comment also, there. It's also
0: on our Facebook page as well, the, it the is. podcast Facebook page, so get on there. Loads
1: of people have got involved so far, which is yep. really great. And if you don't do the social media thing, fear you not, you can either email us at...
0: podcast at paceproductionsuk.com
1: or if you can't remember that you can go on to the SACS um, website and use their email address because they have also had quite a few emails from members and they are passing them on to us and we will take those questions and they will be part of the links podcast and one of the really great things about this podcast is that it's going to be used as part of the consultation process
0: it is so If you have a real genuine concern or you have something you need to ask, then it's your chance to get involved. There's no point moaning about it in two years' time uh, when something's not gone the way you like it and you didn't get involved. This is the time to actually ask a question.
1: So... Your country needs you. Yep, it's, t- it's time. <laughs> it it's is tied, time. But
0: we've got Michaela coming up in two weeks, which yeah, well, I'm actually very excited about this podcast. We did say it was going to come this week. Yeah, but so
1: sorry to those people who were sorry, expecting her after Josh James. Sorry,
0: but no, we, we had to move things. And like all things in life, you know, you've got to adapt, don't you, Vine? Adapt and overcome. Yeah, we do.
1: But she's going to be here in two weeks' time, and it's a really good podcast, so...
0: It is. It's a really is. Exci- I'm really excited to get it out for everyone to listen to, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah and all her, her massive fan base as <laughs> well. Massive fan base,
0: yeah. Uh, now, Byron, it's been a very good month for us. It's been our biggest month for listeners. It has been
1: uh, by quite a considerable margin. And every month we seem to do the same. Um, we are we get more listeners and more downloads every month than we had the month before. And that is down to the people listening. So, so thank you very yeah, much. And it, it really helps um, You know, when you send us comments so we, we know what we're doing Which, right. We've had, so, we've many had nice, so many
0: nice comments. Honestly, it's been amazing the amount of people that have messaged us and at the british shooting show come over who we've never met before and say that they listen to the show because this is why we do this show we do this not for us we do it for for everyone Everyone listening yeah everyone listening and And, and if you didn't listen then we wouldn't be doing this no we'd just be be talking two two mad brothers talking (laughs) to each other (laughs) with microphones yeah
1: um but we actually had uh, a couple of people leaving us reviews and five star recommendations on iTunes, on iTunes which
0: I've been asking everyone to do over the last few weeks and it really uh, helps and I'm going to continue to ask this so it's not going away uh, the, basically if you go on iTunes leave us a review it really helps people find our show and also it helps us like go on rankings and, and so on and we've got a few names of people that have left us really nice comments in the last few weeks Byron on you go
1: we've got Bill Odd Gary86 and Dunson 79 I've no idea if they're actually even close to the people's real names but that is that is how they left their comments so thank you to those people whoever those are
0: in reference to oh I forgot to say listen to the show there's some giveaways oh yes there is and I'm not going to tell you where they are you're going to have to listen to the show and we didn't even know about them when we were making it no we were just
1: uh, very lucky that uh, there's two two separate giveaways yep and we were busy doing the interviews and uh, these two two people very kindly said that for the people who listen to this podcast... They can get they special... Could, special deals. Yeah. So you've got to listen all the way through to find out what they are because and it might fu- be just what you need.
0: I know. And in future podcasts, we will be... Um letting you know at the beginning we will but i
1: well i'll tell you i will say this if you're an irish listener in particular there is one giveaway which you definitely have to listen to you don't
0: have to be exclusively from ireland no i'm not but i'm just saying it'll be of particular interest to them because uh, it'll be more local you'll find out yeah you'll find out you gotta listen but uh but thank you very much for listening i'm gonna do my usual spiel don't forget to subscribe on itunes and Stitcher if you subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher you get it a day early and then uh, also subscribe on our new YouTube channel which has only got our podcast stuff on it we're separating it from our series which is above us here you can see our new series which is going to be out very very soon so keep an eye out on that and SoundCloud thank you to the SoundCloud SoundCloud listeners which uh, remarkably there there is people listening a lot of people yeah. on SoundCloud yeah just yeah. Uh, so thank you to all the SoundCloud listeners
1: This uh, podcast, as with all of them, is brought to you by the Scottish Association of Country Sports. If you want to find out any information, visit their Facebook page. That's where you will get the most up-to-date info and everything that they're working on. And uh, if you have any questions
0: or queries about membership, then ping them an email uh, or give them a call. And if you're on YouTube, this is the logo behind right here, Scottish Association for Country Sports. There we go. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show.
1: So we, we finally got to the stand where we've got Schultz and Larson, we've got Alan Roan here, who's bringing them in. Alan, tell me a little bit about the rifle, I mean it's, it's a beautiful looking rifle, tell me a little bit about it, where it comes from and how you ended up bringing them in and why. Okay, very
2: simple. The um, company was made, uh, established in 1889, they've been making rifles a long time. They've uh, a switch barrel rifle, all of the models, classic, victory, everything else. Um, I was invited over to the factory to have a look, I was quite blown away by the quality. And so we started bringing them in, only last June. And as you can see, the response here is amazing.
1: You've, you've had a lot of... I mean, every time I walk past, I've been struggling to speak to you the last couple of days because you've had you know, people yeah. speaking to you about about the rifles. So you've had a good uptake already and a lot of good response from the show? A lot of response. And I, I wouldn't like to
2: say how many rifles will be sold as a result of the show. <laughs> I really wouldn't. It's, uh, I,
1: I can't even keep count of the numbers. And for, for those people who haven't seen it, just... Talk me through the action and and how it works and how the switch barrel works. The the Victory and the
2: Classic Action, two different actions, two different bolts, but they take the same barrel. Um, They both have three lug uh, locking, so it's a a low lift, 60 degree lift. The actions will take Magnum and standard calibers. So for all the standard calibers, you use the same bolt. Uh, For a Magnum caliber, you just change it onto the same action, but you also need a Magnum bolt. But apart from that, that's all it is. Safety is three position. Uh, first position, of course, is everything locked, including the firing pin. The fire position is as you expect. The middle position releases a bolt, mm-hmm. so you can open it safely to unload.
1: The one thing I was very impressed by when I spoke to you originally, when I was actually reviewing the rifle, was the, the manufacture of the barrel and the, the care that goes into that. Just, just talk me through that process.
2: Well, you know the different methods of manufacturing. Uh, hammer forging is probably the most common today. Then you've got uh, button rifling and broad rifling, which are very similar, but again the rifling is cut in one go. Mm-hmm. Um, cut rifling, and Schultz and Arsenal are probably the only commercial manufacturer in the world still using it. Uh, on that, you have a single cutter. It travels down the bore. Uh, it removes literally dust. You can't actually measure what one cut is, mm-hmm. not not with easy easily anyway. The barrel rotates. It does the same on the next land, same on the next land, and it continues that process until you get to full depth. Um, The groove, I should say. Mm. And uh, the big point on that is it takes an hour and a half to two hours to rifle one barrel, but it doesn't even get warm. So there is no uh, stress in the material. It doesn't suffer from heat-induced torque. Um, So the barrels, when they warm up, they don't move point of impact at all. Mm -hmm. You know, you take any, any light hunting rifle, You'll fire your first three shots, it'll be a cloverleaf one hole or whatever. The fourth shot will probably move off half an inch three quarter, the fifth shot a bit further, it needs to cool down. The heat-induced torque is bending the barrel. And that's normal, we all accept that. A Schultz and Arsen, and I know one of my dealers, in fact two of my dealers have tried it, you can fire 20, 30 shots as fast as you can load, point of impact doesn't move at all. And they're hand-lapping their barrels as well, which is quite unusual. Yes. When every barrel's finished, it's lapped with a tin lap, and they leave a a slight constriction in the bore, which helps reduce fouling. Mm -hmm. Um, They call it micro-rifling, actually, but the the hand lapping puts very, very tiny grooves. Uh, You can't see them without a very big microscope, but again, it helps prevent the buildup of copper. Mm -hmm. And an interesting thing that I've only just learned from- Uh, Are you about to talk about cleaning? Uh, That was my next question to you, actually. Uh manufacturer says no running in whatsoever, it, it doesn't need it, he said I've done it for you, so just take it out and hunt with it. Um, his recommendation is don't put any solvents in it, because solvents will attack the surface of the steel. Um, just wipe it through, take out the fouling, after 300 shots or so, if you do see a build-up of copper, then just clean that, either with a fuzzy bronze brush or we recommend the VFG felt cleaning system which is uh, it's got a bronze particles in the felt we particularly like that because the felts go right into the bottom of the grooves okay. so it's very very much more effective with yeah. a single pass than a, a brush would be okay. uh, we found, we've done it ourselves you clean it with a conditional way and you look and there's still traces of copper you put a VFG felt through a couple of times and it's gone completely clean So. That fits nicely with the rifle, actually. It's yeah. a good way
1: to clean them. I'm gonna, I'll have to serve a, a speak to you about having a yeah, look at that <laughs> at some point. Well, I think
2: I've got, got some somewhere. If you could take some and try. That'd be mm-hmm. Alan, thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you. Okay. Um, thank you. Yeah,
2: great. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. Bye now. I'll
3: now. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so, morning. so, morning. We're over at the Viking arm stand, and we're going to be having a look at one of the latest meoptas.
4: Yeah. Uh, good morning. So uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our new 8x56 rifle scope. So what we have is a latest addition to our MioStar R2 line. For Miopta, the MioStar R2 is our premium super zoom scope, six times zoom. For us, what we put in comparison to the Swarovski Z6, Leica like a Magnus V8 from Zeiss, all these super zoom scopes. Um, the reason for an 856, we wanted to fill kind of a traditional demand from the UK market. It's always been a popular model in the UK for quite a long time for deer stalking. Right now, we see there aren't that many models being offered on the market, so we feel with the R2, in terms of being premium uh, optic for low light transmission with the 856, we can fill in demand of the market. So
1: It's a pretty bold move because a lot of big brands have come away from those fixed scopes. So yeah, it's, it's, it's quite refreshing to see somebody taking back what has kind of been
4: removed from a, a lot of product lists. Exactly, what you find is that for most hunters, they want things simple. They want to pick it up, use it, it shoots straight, they can see clearly. With an 856 rifle scope, you have this. There's a the simplicity of fixed power, but it's going to give you the best overall low-light transmission. Uh, technically, with an 8x magnification and 56mm objective, that gives you a 7mm exit pupil. The main benefit of this is that at nighttime, your, the, a normal person's eye will dia, uh, pupil will dilate to 7mm. So you have the, accurate, the correct amount of light for how big your eye is going to be uh, dilated at nighttime. So it's the most light you can have. Um, and as I said, it's simple. You don't need to... Most times, guys with variable scopes, you set it on 6, 7 or 8 and you don't change it. So we give you the best uh, optical performance with this A56. And as I said, it's been a big demanded product in the UK for many years, and we wanted to fill this niche. And what kind of price is that going to retail at? Yeah, as this is coming from our top end Mealstar R2 line, it's going to be probably in British pounds about 1100 pounds. Okay. Yeah. But with all of our other top end products, once the customer registers, they extend the warranty to 30 years, including electronics.
1: All right. OK, that's brilliant. And reticle choice for the scope?
4: Uh, As I mentioned, it is a low-light dedicated scope, so we give a choice of illuminated reticles, either an illuminated red dot or the choice of a red cross.
1: Perfect. That's great. Thank you very much. Thank you. you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Cheers. So we're just wandering over to the UK Game Fest, and hopefully we should find Peter Carr, who is involved in it, and have a chat to him about what's going to be happening this year. Uh, because a lot has changed with game fairs going into 2016. So let me see if he's still stuffing his face with pies. And Ye- yes, he is. Well, he is. Pete, you're live recording. Okay. <coughs> Mr. Cart? How are we doing? Yeah, v-
5: very good. Good to see you, Baron.
1: Are you behaving yourself today? As always, yes. Whenever I come past here, you're drinking pies and drinking pies, drinking pies and drinking port. And chatting to girls, of course. <laughs> now, on a serious note, we come to speak to you about um, last year, CLA Game Fair disbanded. Yep. Going into 2016, it's a, you know, it's a totally different ball game and you've got the UK Game Fair. Can you tell me a bit about it? What's going to be there? Why is it going to be better? And
5: sort of, you know, why you've decided to do it, because it's a really big undertaking. Yeah, well, uh, Blaze Publishing, obviously the shooting division of Blaze Publishing, uh, is well known in the shooting market with the shooting magazines that we have, uh, and also the music division. We run a lot of shoot, uh, music shows at Olympia, etc. So we are used to putting on events. Uh, what I can say is the UK Game Fair is the only replacement to the CLA. We're on the, that that weekend that the CLA would have been there. You know, <clears throat> it's unfortunate to, you know to see the the demise of the CLA, but this is the replacement, and it's getting back to the grassroots game fairs it's going to be all about hunting shooting and fishing you know there's going to be none of this uh, lifestyle crap involved with it and and all this you know Lamborghinis and spa baths and all (laughs) you know sweet shops and all that it's going to be hunting shooting and fishing this will be a traditional game fair back to grassroots yeah so the the proper hardcore of the countryside absolutely yeah you know anybody that's interested in country sports needs to get to this game fair because that's what it's all about and it's it's going back to the grassroots uh, you know as I've said and you've already got some really big names signed up. Give me a, a couple
1: that we, we know are definitely going to be there.
5: Yeah, well, at Viking Arms have just signed up, you know, big name in the gun trade. And of course, we've, we've got Basques partners now and uh, the Countryside Alliance. And uh, of course, the, the Gamekeeper's Welfare Trust, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those uh, organisations that that's always there, but it, it's doing a good job and, you know, it's, one of the first ones to say look we wanted to support you so it's all fantastic
1: yeah, i think actually the uh, the sponsor of this podcast
5: scottish association for country sports have signed up to the uk game fair as well i believe yeah, absolutely so you know it's, it's all good news it's uh, we're snowballing now we you know we're in, we're in the lead there this uh, two horse race well it's not really a two horse race it's uh, a thoroughbred and and, and uh, you know a is and also ran. So. so
0: for the for the people that don't know what's the date date and where is it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, can you remember of course
5: I can yeah, I'm only four wines in it. uh, <laughs> yeah, no no it's uh, uh, 22, 23, 24 July uh, which is the, the traditional game fair weekend and it's at Sternly uh, we, we're actually going to be in the park there at Sternly it's not it's not in the, the business park it's it's actually in the park so where we are Green- today but outside. exactly where we, where we are today but yeah. outside we're at the British show which is in the business park where else? all the infrastructure's there, it's a great event, it's a great event venue because of the, 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 the traffic situation, you, we've got three entrances, uh, it, it's the, the, the Stanley Abbey is next door, which is a great back, backdrop, and we've got part, part of that's been pulled into the game fair, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, it's very exciting and it, it's good to be involved. Yeah, I mean,
1: you're, obviously I wanna to speak to you about this a, a little bit next, but you know, you're an editor of, of a big hunting magazine, and this is a, sort of a, a sideways step into a, a new
5: thing for you. I mean, how are you enjoying it? Yeah, well, I enjoy anything that's to do with hunting, shooting and fishing. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> as I've said earlier, re- really with Blaze Publishing, we've got all the different shooting magazines. I'm, I'm editor of, of Sporting and Rifle and, and, and I shoot, which is just two of the magazines. And of course, I, I direct the shooting show as well and present the shooting show. But I, think, I uh, think
0: people were waiting,
5: waiting for you to say that. Welcome to the shooting show. <laughs> there we go. Excellent. <laughs> we had so many requests <laughs> <for that> already. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been great to be here at the British Shooting Show, and you know, meet all the viewers and the readers. You know, it's fantastic. Uh, but you know, let's not forget, Blaze Publishing is used to running big events because of the music division. You know, we, we uh, run the music shows at Olympia, so they're huge, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, huge. You know, and it, it fits uh, what we're doing here. It's you know, we've got a great portfolio on the game shooting, stalking, hunting, shooting, and fishing. So, I mean, it's just an extension of what we do. So, you know. Be There, I want to see everybody there? It's going
1: to be a big event. No, that's great, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I just hope that I have time to make it, but no, I think it'll be excellent.
5: Byron, be there or I'll be square. <laughs> no, cheers, Pete, Thanks, really Pete. appreciate that. Thanks very much for your time. To see you guys. Okay, cool. yeah. Cheers,
1: byron. Cheers, Daryl. Cheers. So, we've just <laughs> come over to the Scott <laughs> Country Stand, which I'm sure most people who are into the shooting world, especially if you're into shooting at night, will yeah. know is one of the big names and provision of air, all kinds of night vision gear. And,
0: and uh, uh, their stand's been incredibly busy. I think the, what they were saying earlier, they've almost sold out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: they're, they're just they're, every time I walk past, they've been packed. Yeah. Paul is around somewhere. He's disappeared trying to find a new product. But, uh, Paul. Hi, Brian. Now, tell us, what, is this, this is latest gizmo. Tell me a little bit yep. about it.
6: It's a brand new thermal imager from Guide. It's called the IR517. And it differentiates from a lot of thermal images because it's interchangeable lenses, a bit like an SLR camera does. It also has a 640 before 80 sensor. So, with a detection range of 1,500 meters, it's an identification range of where you like to identify something, 700 to 800 meters, which is unheard of in this trade, so. Different lenses, different sizes, um, so you can have a wide field of view for scanning a field, or you can have a large lens, like you would have on an SLR telephoto lens, for seeing detail at distance, so, a big game changer.
1: Oh, that's really cool, and what, what kind of price is involved in that, and the, 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 the changeable lens? Um, you
6: can have your choice of lens when you purchase it, and depending on option, it'll vary from 6,000 to 9,000 pounds.
1: From that end of the scale to sort of more affordable night vision and thermal, what's on the market right now? What's the latest?
6: Um, The Pulsar Quantum XD50S is our handheld thermal imager, which is our best selling thermal imager. 1,250 meter detection range, identification range of two to 400 meters. Um, You're looking at £2,700. Um, in terms of night vision, we have a fantastic new um, Pulsar Phantom and white phosphor, so Phantom's been around for a while, we're now doing it in a white phosphor image intensifier tube, Russian intensifier tube, £1,759 and it's a man-size detection range of up to 700 metres in ideal conditions. Um, image intensifiers of that quality are normally in the 3 pounds mark and the tubes are perfect, superb.
1: And I believe on here somewhere you have a 360 camera?
6: Did yes. Did hear that right? We do indeed, yep, uh, Tell got, me about that. Well, I was what intrigued we, yeah. about this. <laughs> we were um, at the SHOT Show and we've taken on Wild Game Innovations as the UK distributor and they have a range of wildlife cameras, but they have one in particular which is 360 degrees. So instead of your trail camera being mounted to a tree and you've got a short peripheral vision, this you can mount on a post or on a ground spike or on a tree if you wish. And it is a motorised robotic arm which is very silent, which will move round and take images in three hundred and sixty degrees. So if you've got a buck walking behind the camera, it will follow it. It will follow it, and it will take a picture. Wow. of it If it moves in the front, also great for security around pheasant pens. Put it in the middle of your pen, cover your whole pen.
1: It's cool. I've just boarded over actually and I'm having a look at it now. We'll take a picture and of it. We'll, so we will. We yeah, we'll we take a picture it so everybody can see if they're watching on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, it, basically a cylinder with a sensor and yeah, a three hundred and sixty camera. I mean. Three sixty cameras have only oh, it's really just oh, moved. It has just moved. It just moved? Yeah. Well, you? <laughs> um they've only really just started to to come in now, but I guess we're gonna see more of them. Yeah, they are. Um, this is the
6: first one in the market. Um, we have another camera which is coming as well, um, from Moultrie, which has a panoramic view. So when it takes an image, it takes a panoramic view oh, of okay, about yeah, 200 yeah. degrees. So yeah. you'll get a huge area. If you're covering a field with bucks coming into a plantation, you can cover the whole area. What, what kind of price
0: range does this come in at? Uh,
6: 360 cameras, £219.99. Wow. 12 megapixels in HD video.
1: I thought you were going to say like 500 plus. Yeah. It's
6: not A, a normal wildlife camera is 170 to £250, pounds, so it's bang on the money for... Um, That's incredible. Price and it's at the top of the range in terms of technology. so. Brilliant. Something else rather cool. Oh, no, let's let's talk, go and have a look. Talk, talk, talk,
1: talk, <laughs> now we're going to try not to get caught up here. Hold on a second.
6: We have a um, Go Light range. We are now importing and distributing the Go Light range. So we have an LED Go Light, which you can mount to the top of your truck or your Land Rover in your case, Byron. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's remote controlled and it will have a beam of 3,711 feet sorry say that again <laughs> 3711 feet
1: that's impressive
6: so if you're foxing at night and you want to illuminate you've got a wireless remote control you can walk away 150 yards away from your vehicle you can control the light put it wherever you want to do that's incredible we we'll are also do an in infrared and from the first of april we're doing a thermal version so a 360 degree thermal camera for your truck inside remote control wireless outside from your vehicle Wireless screen, you can walk around seeing what you're
1: doing. Truck cam inside the screen as well, so you can drive around with a thermal camera. This is getting very sci-fi <laughs> know, now. The, the, this, the, the unit that we're looking at right now, which is the, the light, how much does that retail
6: for? Uh, 429 99 for the LED model. Um, so that's the top of the range, all singing, all dancing, one with wireless and control. Um, and we do IR filters for them, and we're actually doing an IR version as well. Price still to be confirmed in the IR version, but if you're shooting with night vision at night, you can put an IR beam out to 3,000 feet.
1: It's still, I mean, the price, yeah. I thought you were going to say a lot more than that. And they're, they're weatherproof.
6: They're the same. Uh, soldiers in Afghanistan have these mounted to the top of Humvees. They're, they're yeah, indestructible.
1: That's brilliant. nice some really cool kit yeah. there for people right. to think about. Thank you very much for so your time for. Cheers. We're over at the, the Bushcraft store that's a portable trailer, I guess. You've got a ton of great stuff in here. Tell me a little bit about the sort of go to kit if you're into your Bushcraft.
7: Um, well, first priority is always a knife. We do our, our own range of knives. Um, we do good set of steels. Quality quality products is the main thing. Buying selling stuff in uh, with longevity in mind.
1: So, what kind of thing are you looking for in a, a good solid bushcraft knife? And we'll just take a wander over to the, the stuff that you've you've got on display here.
7: Well, the first thing is good quality steel because you want it to hold an edge for a good amount of time and it's got to be easy to maintain easy to sharpen and if you're buying cheap Chinese stuff it's just not going to do the job it's going to be so we always buy European steels Um, some American steels are very good as well Um, and then something good and ergonomic so something that's going to work in your hand for a long period of time without causing fatigue and hot spots as they call them Mm -hmm. and even blistering on your hands so
1: no, I'm a very big fan of AXS. I was eyeing
0: up that axes because we've got a few. Yeah,
1: and I'm a very big fan of axes. Can you tell me a little bit about the, the company that makes these and, and how they're made?
7: Yeah, they're, um, if you want to look it up, you can probably find it on you know, the how Do, they, how Do They Make It program oh, yeah, yeah. on Discovery yeah. or on that National Geographic. Yep. They've actually been in their workshops, in their foundries, and um, take you through the entire process of making a, a good quality axe. Um, this is the oldest uh, company in Sweden they've been going for about until 1880. How do you pronounce it? Wetterlings, S.A. Wetterlings um, Again, they're using high quality Swedish steel um, American hickory and they're all handmade so each individual an axe smith will receive a, a block of steel red hot obviously and then it'll, it'll start literally from that process with a set of tongs into a steam hammer, hammer out they shape with a head, then it goes on to somebody else to hand grind it. And then there all the handles are then fitted and go through that entire process all from start to finish. Probably only go each axe probably only goes through three or four people's hands.
1: No, that's amazing. So if you own one you have a you actually have a unique a piece.
7: Yeah. I mean they're obviously yes. all very look look the same, but yeah, each one, individual one, individual one will be slightly different in the and in terms of price range we've got very little access right the way up to sort of a full blown log splitter yeah yeah not the cheapest of products but again it's that longevity thing you don't buy one of these to replace it every year you buy one for life um, the only thing that you'd need, ever need replacing is probably the handle if you damage it but um, yeah they start around 60 quid and go up to about 110 I, I have two and they're fantastic I love them yeah they're uh, when you use a quality product you won't go back to a cheap drop forged products from you know where else in the world what bearing in mind the swedes have been making high quality axes for you know well over a thousand years you know the vikings conquered half of europe so raping and pillaging <laughs> with their axes they all had axes and they all had quality hand
1: forged steel. <laughs> that's great thank you very much for your time okay thank you So we're over at the the Brock and Norristown, and we're here with the man himself, Mike. Mike, for those people who don't know you already, which for those people who shoot, they probably already know who you are, what is your business all about?
8: Our business is principally uh, custom rifle building, uh, long, longer and extremely long range target and hunting rifles. But we also do commission work for tactical rifles, uh, repairs, alterations, anything that's rifle-based. I, I don't do anything to do with shotguns. Uh, we're purely rifle-based.
1: And if you could pick just a handful of things that make an accurate rifle that you're looking at when you're building you know, these super-accurate rifles, what is it? What's
8: important? The heart of any any really accurate rifle is the barrel. Uh, we're very, very fortunate because we're located in the Midlands. I've got uh, Sassen barrels are 25 minutes down the road from me. Uh, We're virtually using them exclusively now. Uh, Never had a bad barrel of them. That's the the heart, really, of an accurate gun. And after that, it's attention to detail. And a good trigger? Good triggers, yeah. Um, A trigger is the fire control system. Uh, Most triggers can be reworked to a very, very nice, crisp, light, clean, but safe trigger pull if the client wants something a little bit better then you're looking at triggers from timney arnold jewel jarred bix and andy there are there are lots of good units out there but um wholly solely dependent upon the client's budget whether they like a single stage pull or a two stage pull and also the intended use of the rifle um, a five ounce bench rest trigger has got no place on a hunting rifle but having said that a two and a half pound trigger that you use on a tactical gun has got no place on a bench rest rifle so it's, it's a matter of matching the components to the job in hand
1: and if someone has always wanted a custom rifle as most people who shoot would love one at some point i mean what kind of money are you looking at what is, what is it possible to build a custom rifle for obviously a lot of that is component parts but if you if you've you know, a fairly limited budget. What could you build a custom rifle for?
8: You can start with something like a Howard action in a & Carlson stock with a Sassen barrel, bedded, uh, Trued action, reworked trigger, from about 1,500 pounds upwards. A lot of it depends on any particular refinements. So Whether you want a fluted barrel, if you want alterations to the bolt knobs. Mounting systems. You may want, you may not want a Barlow Carlson stock. You may want a Macmillan stock. You may want uh, a chassis system stock for that rifle. You may want one of the excellent GRS laminate stocks. The the price can go as far as your o- imagination. Can. O-
0: options are li- limitless.
8: <laughs> they are. That, that's the whole the whole meaning of custom or bespoke. Um, we've built rifles from. £1,500 up to over £15,000.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. But the bottom line is that if you've always wanted a custom rifle... It's not it, out of reach. I mean, it's not out of yeah. reach. I mean, you're talking... There are plenty of factory rifles out there who, that cost a hell of a lot more than what you could basically have a, you know, a custom rifle for.
8: Absolutely. Um, we've always had this, this working ethic that, you know, try and give the customers what they want. Not everybody has that amount of disposable income that enables them to go and buy... A four and a half thousand pound blazer off the shelf very very nice lovely weapon great Um, but not everybody has that amount of disposable income desire and practicality is what you're always working with someone may actually desire something which is more accurate more robust something which is individual to them but not everybody's earning you know the high figures that enables them to do so we try to produce a range of rifles right the way across the board for you know the, the working guy who's got, was on limited budget, the young guy who's got a, a young family, you know he's got bills to pay, but he still enjoys his shooting sport. If you can produce something of reasonable cost that still gives him that quality and accuracy, then you know you've got happy customers.
1: And I can see accuracy is not a problem. I'm looking around yeah. at all your targets here, and I think pretty much all like quarter moa it's uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous but mike look thank you very much for your time Barrett, and uh, great well. to speak to you thank you always
8: oh, a pleasure to speak to you guys have a good show cheers. thank you cheers
1: Mike. Awesome. so we're, we're over at the irish game fair stand to talk about a game fair not on this side of the water but on the other side of the water tell us a little bit about it and why people should make the journey from here because you've obviously met you've come all the yeah, way you, over here come to, here to so. It,
9: so yeah yeah well we're um, we're the biggest irish game fair uh, we've been going since 1979 um, and we're based, we do three events every year uh, Sheen's Castle, County Antrim. We do another one in Burr Castle, County Offaly. And then we do the another event in Ballin County Down. And, and what, what kind of, what, for people who haven't been over to, I've been fortunate
1: enough to be across some of the Irish Game Fest, but for those people who haven't, what kind of thing can they expect to find there?
9: Yeah, well, we have fantastic competitions, some of the best competitions in the country. We have clay shooting, we have uh, uh, lurcher competitions, which we have qualifiers from right across England, Scotland and Wales. Uh, we have the Master McGrath Challenge, that's to find the fastest lurcher in the UK and Ireland. And then we have um, the Five Nations Lurcher Interior Championship. So we have again qualifiers from right across the country. Uh, so we have all sorts of competitions. We have a massive uh, main arena programme with all sorts of various entertainment. From the Victorian poacher, we have medieval jousting. We have the Je- muzzle loaders. Jousting,
0: Baron. Should we give it a go? <laughs>
9: <laughs> yeah. So we have all sorts of stuff. Um, we have a, we have a massive uh, lurcher enthusiast here. We have competitions, and we have all sorts of stuff. This year, we have some new lurcher competitions, which I can't really talk about yet because they're still in the still on the pipeline. Really, you can't talk about them at all. I can't talk about uh, them at all. We have a good competition coming up, but I can't discuss it just yet. Uh, so we're, we're going to keep that. We're going to reveal that soon. Um, but yeah, we've, we have a lot of stuff. Um, and then, obviously, it's Ireland. We've got a, a sort of heritage of hunting, and we've got hounds, and we've got... Everything. You guys love,
1: you love your dogs over there, so if you're into your dogs, it's a yeah. great place to go.
9: Yeah, well, let's say the lurchers, the terriers, we've got hounds, um, we've got beagles, we got. Uh, we are really sort of the, the event in Ireland for, you know, for, for country sport without blowing our own trumpet, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. You know, but we, we get a massive crowd. We get a lot of people across from, from the mainland, from England. And, uh, no, it's getting better and better every year. We had our most successful year last year. Um, twenty fifteen we had sort of record numbers and you know, so it's it's, it's going very well and, and, and we really seem to be getting a lot of people from across the water so it's good, you know.
1: That's great. Now if if people want to find out a bit more info, where's the best place to find you guys? Um
9: there's loads of stuff. You can check us out on Facebook and then we've got a website. Uh well we've also got a magazine, I I didn't mention the magazine. We've oh, got yeah. now, we, 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 yeah, we spotted well, we, that. We saw a magazine uh Irish Country Sports and Country Life magazine. Uh it's been going for a long, long time. We've got eighty thousand readers. Um, you can buy it in the shop. You can read it online, so you can read across the world. We get people from everywhere. Um, we've all sorts of articles. You can see we've got, and we uh, it's England as well. So we get that it includes Irish Game ang- Angler magazine. So we've got I mean, we get everything here yeah. We get lurchers. We get shooting. We got. But is it? Game, is it are all the articles in, that in there? Is it all um, sport in in
1: Ireland, or do you cover stuff abroad? Well, we cover
9: stuff from right across the board. You know, we've we've got, got correspondents from Scotland. We've got correspondents from England. Um, we've got I write in it myself cover various things usually lurchers or tackles or whatever I've been up to, um, but yeah, there's all sorts of stuff there, you know, everything for for somebody. And then we've obviously we've got the angling, the angling section as well. So now,
0: we've had a lot of requests on the podcast to do lurchers,
9: a yeah, actually, we amount. have
1: A lot of guys asking for us to, to have a, a discussion with guys about about dogs and. Dog hunting and you know the regulations that are involved, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. In on our side.
9: Yeah, uh, no, well, I'm I'm actually a, well, I, I'm a lurcher enthusiast, you know, but yeah, it would be a good thing to bring on your your podcast. Um, there's, I suppose, there's a massive interest in lurchers right across the country. Yeah, there is um, definitely Ireland, is. especially at the, at the great game fairs. We have the competitions, as I said, the Master McGrath Challenge, which is. I, I was I was at one of them a couple of years ago with Charlie Jacoby, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the Master McGrath's really taken off. Um, I don't know if you know the story, but there was a greyhound from Lurgan um, who won the Waterloo Cup. Um, it was owned by lord lurgan there's a great heritage man so it was a, the greyhound was called master mcgrath and he was um there's a whole house you can you can look it up online and um he was from lurgan in northern ireland so we we took the name of the master mcgrath and we made the master mcgrath challenge to find the and obviously not the fastest greyhound but the fastest lurcher in the country you know so uh, i think the price funds up now to about 1500 pounds oh wow That's some good um, money yeah, we, we, we we hope to get it up more and we're, we're always pushing it forward and uh, then we have the as i said the five nations as well so we, we really uh, make lurchers and terriers part of our events. They're very much part of the, you know, the entire thing, and we get a great contingent of, of lurcher people from all right across, you know, all the England, Scotland, Wales coming across. It was maybe, fantastic. maybe
0: that's where we need to head to do, you our, do our do you podcast.
9: Know, when I was there, quite a few
1: years ago now, there was actually a, a Miss Ireland finalist racing a dog there. Really? Yeah.
9: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember her name. Yeah, Rose McCoy I think that's I right. Yes, McCoy. no, because I, I, yeah. I vaguely know her mom actually. Oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do. Yeah, through Charlie. Oh, okay, All yeah. oh, right, yeah, that would be Rose McCoy. Yeah, yeah. Rose, Rose and her family have had a lot of success uh, racing, big racing enthusiasts with lurchers and, and showing and v- various things. you know. But I know them well. Um, you'll always see them at our events, uh, but they, they do very well, yeah, fantastic. And so, Miss Ireland as well, into the bargain. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when is it? When is the... Um, the we have Sheen's Castle on the 25th and 26th of June, and we have Bird Castle County Offaly 27th and 28th of August. And then we have the Montalto Estate, and that's in Ballinhenchen County Down, on the 24th and 25th of September. So,
0: so, so there's no excuse, you can make one? No excuse,
9: we have uh, great accommodation, we have uh, discounts on your travel, we have great Guinness, and we have a fantastic <laughs> event with a massive number of people, and you come over for a brilliant weekend, and you're going to see, you guys are going to be there, I think you're going to come across. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to have to <laughs> yeah, I know, you're we're going to have, have to, to. There's There's no, uh, no going back, but no, a fantastic event. Um, you know, great numbers, something for everybody. We've got hunting, shooting, fishing, hounds, lurchers, tires, and, and great but Irish That's African something Ireland.
0: you don't really, for the game fairs I've been to in the past, you don't really see... No, you see a bit uh, of foxhounds, but of you don't
1: see a really hardcore lurchers lurchers and,
0: and,
9: and so but on. I guess it's so ingrained be, yeah.
1: in the sort of Irish culture.
9: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, the Greek game fairs of Ireland really put an emphasis on that. You know, we really support lurchers, and, and there's a lot of small, especially in Northern Ireland, there's a lot of small working dog events. Uh, lurcher events, terrier events right across. And we, we sponsor and support all those events, you know, to, to really give our support to, to, to working dogs and, you know, lurchers and terriers. And, uh, and then we have, the, of course, we have the hounds and we have the beagles here too. The Sunnyland beagles from Northern Ireland. here, Love, are very love well beagles. Back and, uh, yeah, so I, I follow the hounds. So I, I try to do everything, anything I do in my, my own hunting and sort of, you know, my own interest, sort of bring in as part of the fair, you know.
1: And... I don't think we actually got around to the oh I can see it here so it's uh, www.irishgamefair.com yeah
9: www.irishgamefair and yeah. they said we're on Facebook as well uh, you can check us out on there see all the updates and I have vouchers actually here for half price admission to any of the fairs so really? if you want those get in touch through Facebook I'll send them out I'll give you a load before you go well oh, okay. how about that
0: so some of our listeners if okay. they want
9: they yeah, can yeah uh, we'll pick up some from you, you we can give them the to us and get half price admission to, to, to the, any Irish game fair event that is awesome.
0: we'll send it out to them. Yeah, what, yeah
9: what, what, absolutely. So I'll give you the flyers. You can take it along, and anybody who wants it, we send it out. So yeah, no problem. Lovely. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very Great
0: much.
1: To speak to you, guys, to you again. Catch you later.
0: So um, we're currently just well, we're in the the third hole, aren't we, Barn?
1: Yeah, I think third and final hole. Air yeah.
0: guns. Yeah, air guns and airsoft, and actually, we played a very cool hunting game earlier yeah, on, didn't we? That
1: was so much fun. It was. Um, like wild, driven wild boar yeah balls, it was, but it's a, a system that you can find on the Viking Arms website Yeah, and yeah it was driven wild boar simulated and very very addictive
0: yeah so right now we're currently watching a cooking display an outdoor cooking display yeah I
1: think this it started off we, we never saw the start of it but it started off about uh, a demonstration on decoying pigeons and now I believe they are cooking pigeons on the floor
0: yeah in a little uh, camp stove and this is inside yeah this is, in the, yeah, and uh, in this uh, is
1: exactly the kind of stuff that we like to do yeah exactly I can actually smell it. I can smell it. It smells really good. <laughs> you feel quite hungry. It's almost twelve o'clock on the last day, and it is about lunchtime. And I, I think that looks a lot better than the the lunch that we bought from the supermarket. I know
0: it does, doesn't it? it doesn't really well, smells it, like we, better. We, we, I think we'd get strange looks if we uh, started up the camp stove in the middle of. The, the, I thought you
1: were going to say just wander across and start. Oh, I'd try, try some. I'd try some. I love pigeon. Yep. And we better wander on. Oh, hang on a second. Here's Rob Collins. Rob hey, Byron how Pace, doing? how are you doing? This how is my doing? brother. This is my brother Daryl. I think yeah. it was you, Byron. How oh, somebody, you doing, I think somebody just threw a rose at me. I'm not <laughs>
10: sure. You and me?
1: Yeah. How are you doing?
10: Uh, not too bad. Flat out like a lizard drinking. You know what it's like. Have you got
1: a couple of minutes to talk to us?
10: Of course I have. I mean, I'm doing here in a minute. Me and Ralph, who's cooking at the moment, we're doing a ready steady cook with a Laurel and Hardy twist. Oh, a bit really? of banter, a bit of fun. We, a, we drew a crowd yesterday that queued right back to those stands and filled the whole ring all the way around. And we sent them away crying with laughter.
11: Oh, that's brilliant.
1: So, uh, Just uh, briefly, before you get pulled in, tell us what, you know, what projects and stuff you're working on. You've got a lot of cool projects on the go all the time. I can't even keep up with all the stuff that you do.
10: <laughs> uh, co-projects. Basically, most of it's based with Pass It On Young Sports. Pass it yeah, on young I sports. see it online. We see yeah, it online. Do, yeah. yep. this is, we're getting really big now, and we're all volunteers we don't... None of us. I mean, Tim, who's with me here, he's just starting off the Scottish Pass It On for me.
11: Oh, really? Yeah. So, ten, ten where, where are you going to be on? based? Up in uh, Scottish Borders, uh, near Hoyke. Um, I used to live in Gallash so. yeah. <laughs> Small world, eh? That's where my parents live now, live in Tweed Bank as well. So, we're hoping to do it at a couple of local grounds, or possibly on one of the local shoots. So, we'll uh, see how we get on. But uh, it's just basically the same as Rob on Facebook it's a fantastic idea to just sort of carry it on over the border.
1: I mean, it's really taken off, Rob, and uh, I mean, where, where did it all start? And where, obviously, you've got a massive passion for field sports, but where did it start that you, you thought, right, I, we need to do this and help encourage people? Obviously, it's a very important part of... And encourage young, 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 young people, people. Yeah. yeah.
10: The thing is, is, it started off when I was a very young boy. Now my granddad, if you ever you read any of my books, I talk about my grandad and my dad an awful lot. They put a lot of passion into teach my granddad to teach any kid anything. And what I notice is as we've got further on in field sports, it's become so expensive and a lot of people charge a lot of money to take a kid's day out or whatever, you know. And some people are charging 25, 30 quid for one kid for a day. All we ask we do it for free. All we ask for is, is if you can chuck two quid in the kitty to help cover costs, great, if you can't afford it, come anyway. And what it started off was about seven years ago, we did with the Woodspring Shooting Club, which is I'm the chairman of, yep. we did a young sports day. And I pulled in about five or six other shooting clubs and said, you know, bring some speciality with you. Well, you know, we had falconers come in, we had dog trainers, we had all sorts. We all clubbed together. And we did a fantastic day. I mean, you guys might have seen it on Fieldsports Britain.
1: Yeah, we, are, yeah, we? Yeah, did.
10: Goes, yep. I mean, Charlie came and covered it, and it was brilliant We did ferreting in the morning. James Marchington was sort of a sporting shooter then, and James came down, because James is a keen ferreter himself. And, you know, we, we did a brilliant day, and the whole day went absolutely fabulous. Right the way up to the afternoon, when we had archery, and we had catapults, and we had dog training. We even did ferreting. Well, everyone all the shooting was going on. We even did ferreting with hawks with the cameras rolling and about 200 people watching. It was great. Incredible. I thought to myself then, I thought, we've got to do more of this. So me and the other chairmen of the other clubs said, we've got to get together and do something. So that's where Pass On was born, right from that day. Pass On Young Sports was born on that day, and here we are now, look how much further on we are. Now,
0: when when I'm looking on Facebook, you see, some very young kids, yep. and they're fascinated when you're plucking stuff and preparing it and yep. so on. I mean, it's incredible to The to trouble think.
10: is, the modern, th- modern thing is, there's a lot of mums and all that, they won't, t- oh, it's a chicken, I won't touch it, d- dead breast, and then they get it by the edge of the packet and tip it in the pan and all this. And of course, then the kids go, oh my god, it's, it's like, oh, it's a spider sort of thing. So, what I do now is I get in there, come on, come in here, kids, and I'm like, oh, you know, these are feathers. And, you know, and I've, I've been, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, I went to a school with part of my own business so I went to school and promoted it with pass it on a really I did lot of I adventures. saw, saw I saw it in the school yep. yeah yeah there's and we had kids there breasting up pigeons and pheasants yep no yeah that's the skinny one I saw rabbits. Yeah.
1: how did you convince the school to do that I mean that's brilliant but yeah. how did you manage to convince? we
0: need more of this
10: well I you know put on a bit of the old old, old edge creepers charm smiled a lot at the headmistress and uh, luckily she was a farm girl growing up herself so she said do you know what i really like to see the kids do this so we did this and it's grown from that I've done five oh schools god. now from that
0: did, what, what kind of reaction do you get from the parents because obviously the parents will know that their kids are doing well, this what, what? some
10: of the parents straight away was oh shooting oh my god that's so cruel we're doing yeah, kids yeah. near it so then I talked to them and I said them, I, you know you're saying shooting's cruel or field sports is cruel why and then I said do you eat meat and we talked to them you know, again, would have been the old age creepers charm. Parents came round. One lady, we did a we did a young sports date on the fil- on the school field, and she came like, "No, I'm totally scared of guns. Guns should be banned. Everything else." I said, "Why?" He said, "Oh, my stepfather used to point unloaded guns at me and play and pretend to shoot me. It scared the life out of me." So I well, talk- that's not a good start, is not it? Not a great start. but no. I, I thought, what an idiot! I could really smack your own ear, really. You know what I mean? and um so I took this lady so I said have a go on the air rifle, do you know yeah, it the gun out of her hand her smile went from ear to ear she said oh, I want another girl I want another girl she must have fired 100 pellets I said oh, you can going to have to let someone else have a go you've got 20 kids to be you so I said well um, I said why don't you have a go on the clay pigeon shooting Come oh no that was the ones I didn't like I was really scared yeah. of those I said well look let's start off really small, have one go, because you've never pulled the trigger on. I said, Did, with the other gun you were scared of, I said, now look at you, want to go back for more. Okay, because it's you, Rob, she said, I'll try it because I trust you. She dusted her first clay. Man, she went 410, 20 more, 12 bore. <laughs> She was dusting them all over the place. Now, she's now her and her son have both got their own licences. They've both got a 410 each, they've both got an air rifle each, and they go go to the local shooting ground. That's, that's great. So that's it, you know what I mean? So... What, what better can you get than that guys I, I no. think
0: explaining to people taking the time to explain to people is what yeah. it, what is needed
10: yeah, yeah. and it's not be, you haven't got to get too serious no that's you the don't thing, no. Because it scares people away it's like oh, that's right in my face you know it's you've got, to, you've got to make it a little bit fun you know put a bit of charm on and get and talk people into it because if is too in your face it's like oh I'm not doing that no 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 a bit yeah. pompous pompous buggery I'm not doing that you know so you know me I try and get on with everybody I'm a mucker eh? proper job <laughs>
1: no, we'll let you go but if people want to find out a bit more about what you do how's the best way to do that
10: um, best way to do is um, on, on our um, website which is uh, www.passonyoungsports.org.uk um, or Facebook if you're a Facebook,
1: Facebook user Facebook
10: if you're a Facebook user Twitter Instagram I can't remember all of them because the kids keep putting me on them, and I'm like, oh, you got to post it to this <laughs> one. Got to. So I got hundreds of kids. I mean, if you'd have been here yesterday, we had a 20 club meet from Facebook, or well, 20 plus Facebook groups advertised to meet at the pass on. Really, we blocked off an entire aisle
1: i wish i'd seen that i know it was
10: absolutely huge and then they all followed me into the show ring and come and watched me cook yesterday that's so brilliant cheers and the laughter and people were going away with tears in their eyes laughing their head off it was a brilliant day yes so i couldn't have british shooting show what, what can you do uh?
0: and, and we're going to see it in scotland now
10: yep. yeah we're we're on, in scotland in, in in almost now. almost
0: on our doorstep
10: <laughs> i say come and follow us come and do some more and um i say if you guys want to come down to any taste today's with or without the mics I want to see how good you really can shoot, boys.
1: (laughs) We'll take that challenge up, Rob. Thank you very much for your time. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Tim. So we're wandering uh, through a little bit more of the airgun stand. Uh, We've got air arms and various different uh, custom airguns. I'm a little bit out of the airgun world these days. I kind of left it behind for full balls, but it's just massive. And I think there's probably actually more people in here than Yeah,
0: I think there is. And the range is pretty cool with the pop-up targets and... Um,
1: but they've got, I mean, uh, I mean, there must be about 30 spaces along here, and uh, you can have a go at the Air Rifle and shoot knock-down targets. Really good fun, especially if you've never done it before, it's a really good way to come and uh, test it out. But we are heading towards Night, Night Vision, Vision UK. UK. Yeah. Um, we are actually going to be here, at, well, look how busy the standards, are over there, Night Vision UK. Bob. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're coming here at 2 o'clock because they have a prize draw for something that uh, they wanted us to come and witness. So. We're going to. We'll try. We'll try and later. grab
0: one of them now, we'll but, try, they, but they, they are
1: incredibly busy. Yeah, it does. Uh, I don't know whether we're going to be able to grab Pete. I think we might. I think we might have to grab him later, to be honest. Yeah, I think we are.
0: At two o'clock, we'll come. We'll, we'll come, come back. back. We'll come
1: back yeah. at two o'clock, and we'll we'll grab him then because uh, he he's surrounded by about thirty people. So we've just come over to the the Vyrak stand now. I am a little bit out of the air gun world myself, but I do actually own. Three, three, three of three them. Three Vyrax, actually, <laughs> although they don't see a lot of use uh, right now. Tom, you're, you're here on the Vyrax, stand. Tell me what the latest from Vyrax is.
12: latest from Vyrax is our new PCP range. It's called the HW-110. It's a synthetic polymer action with a beech stock with a rubber soft touch finish to it. It's lighter than a standard 100, but it's got a full length cylinder on it and a full length barrel. You get roughly 110 shots out of a 177, 130 out of a 22. Biggest thing about it, though, is it's going for that price range that which Vyrax never had on the PCP. So it's could be retailing at 645, which is an unbelievable price.
1: Wow, that's incredible value. I mean,
12: can we just wander over towards it so I
1: can kind of look at it while we're talking about it? I'll just grab one off for you. Right, we're just going to get Tom to uh, take it out the stand for us. But
0: and then, we'll, then we'll, we'll come
12: back and take some pictures of it. Yeah, we'll right have to take the some show.
1: pictures for everybody to see. But so this oh. it. Sorry. now, did you say? Did you say it's a polymer action?
12: Yes. If you see here, it's all molded round together like this. You've got your Picatinny rail, which is all part of it, at the top there. So it just makes it a lot lighter. I don't know if you want to have a feel it. You okay. can carry it in one I'm hand.
1: Got this in one hand. I mean, what is the weight on it? I can feel it's about very light.
12: About three point two five
0: kilograms. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah.
1: I mean, I. I started life with uh, the Virak 97 which I think I saw around the back here which is a a spring rifle and then the Vyrak 100 which was your introduction into the PCP world.
12: Yeah I mean the PCP range for us has just been the 100. That's been going on for about 12-13 years. Itself has hardly changed. It's been one of the best-selling rifles in anything PCP, Vyrak. If you look at some of the magazines it's always top of the list. There's been hardly any changes to it. The only things you can really see have changed about it was the quick fill mechanism on the cylinder and that's about it, and the silence could be removed. Other than that, it's one of those, if it ain't broke, don't... Yeah,
0: I was was gonna say, if if it's been doing well for so long, why change it? Exactly,
12: Mm -hmm. the only thing we'd be doing is putting different stocks on it. So the last time we kind of had an uh, update on it was the adjustable laminate, which came out last April. It's sold by the bucket loads, still does to this day. It's amazing, because you you were, I mean,
1: it's an awesome brand, and that's why I I love your spring guns, Um, but you were really late into the PCP game. Was that just because you wanted to make sure you got it right?
12: Kind of. I think one thing with Vyrax is it's a traditionally family-run company. And Springers, for them, has always been their bread and butter for the years and years and years they've been going on there. So it's kind of like, do they want to start 14 into that sort of area because they were doing so well with the Springers? But in the end, they thought, no, that's it, we're going to take the plunge now and then launch the PCB back then. You can say the same thing now with the 110. You look at other companies like Air Arms and BSA, they've got more than one type of PCB on the market. Vyrax always just had just the one. So now we've kind of got to look at, right, what markets do we need to address for? We need to go for a lower spec now with this. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at now, this isn't a replacement. more affordable. More affordable, exactly. This isn't a replacement for the 100. It's to combat, say, for example, the Air Arms S410. That's why we like compete against people like that. Another good thing with this, though, is we've listened to what people had to say about the 100. Any query, not complaints, but, you know, any improvements I think we could make on it. The number one thing was the cocking lever. Before, it was only on one side on the 100. Now, if you wanted to, you can have it crested, We'll put the cocking lever on the other side. It's good for lefties, because now it means they can now fire it. Or if you've got your field target shooters, who would never like to take the finger off the trigger, it could just be fire, fire, fire. That's how you got that. And just uh, to touch on your spring guns,
1: I mean, I assume it's still quite a big part of the market for you. I mean, there are still some people that love a, a good
12: spring gun. Spring guns are never going to go away. Never, ever going away. It's now getting to a point where people have had PCPs now for so long, it's not fun for them anymore because it's not a challenge. So
13: they're going back to spring. They're
12: going back to spring. <laughs> I was talking to a chap yesterday. He was saying he had his 100, loves it, keeps it, but he just shoots rabbits every time. He gets more satisfaction now with his 97. He goes down to the field, one pellet, One kill because it just, it just feels yeah. like he's earned it, really.
1: Yeah, you need a you need a lot more
12: concentration. It takes more skill to shoot a spring gun. Exactly, definitely. And it's more a case of you've got to make sure you've got to get that target right, because with a 100, as you know yourself, it's a quiet gun. So if you miss them with one, Rabbit might just look, what's that? And not bother it. You get it with the second one. A
0: bee buzzing around its head or something. Exactly. You know what's going on? The
12: 97, when you hear that spring going on there, if you don't get it the first time, that's it. It's going yeah. to run away. But if you get it with that first shot, it's just a bit of self-satisfaction, really, knowing that you've now done something there with your one-shot, one kill. With old-school technology, too. Exactly, yes. It's always going to go around like that. We've also got things like the junior rifles, our 30s kits. It's a way of getting people introduced into Vyraq brand, really. Also getting kids into, into shooting. And yeah, dads like to come and bring the kids along and show them respect what, a, what an air rifle can do. You're not going to get that with a 100 because it's just simple and easy. You need to teach a child how to cock it properly, load it, aim it, fire it. And it. Is that, is that
1: a, a smaller, like six foot pound?
12: Yes, yeah, yeah, seven foot pounds. We've got a, a kit version of it, which comes complete with scope, muzzle brakes and mounts. So it's a great little present. But you can still get it with a fixed open sight. So when you want to teach a child, you know, how to shoot old school, so to speak. And then without... that's how we started. Yeah, it is indeed, yeah. <laughs> is it? Again, it's kind of that satisfaction. I mean, again, going back yesterday, I had a, a dad there with his two little lads and he was there. He was teaching the poor them, right, this is a rifle. Check that it's not loaded. Make sure you point it in the right way. Right, this is what you do with it. And he was been you know, really stern with it, but the, the lads were taking it on board. And then when I said to them, "Look, we've got one on the range there," they have got all excited because so the they want to go on there and just start firing things. <laughs> so he said, "Right, we're going to go there." He wants me to teach him a bit more about it, what it does, so he knows he's going to give his lads the right thing to use. And then you, you get them on that, and the way, way up the ladder. Obviously, it's a it's a hobby which can be ever increasing because you've got that many different varieties different varieties of rifles out on there you just it, it, it depends on what route's best for you whether it's your brake barrel your underlever, things like that or if
1: you just like them all then you can have them all <laughs> yeah. But the first first air rifle I bought myself personally was a VARAC
12: 99 when they had just come out oh. yeah the 99 is still going strong we say like the 30S kit is good for juniors to get into their shooting but for your adults we say the 99 it's just nice simple easy to use nice cocking system just give it a good whack put the pellet in fire that's it as soon as you've mastered that you move your way onto the 95 the 80 something like that for your brake barrel routes. of oh, my personal favorite 98 which to me is the daddy of all our brake barrels got a nice big thick bull barrel on it lovely unique stock with adjustable cheek piece and butt pad on it it's just a that's that's to me that's the daddy of our brake barrel range i
1: think my, my heart still lies with my barack 97 but it's <laughs> been uh, really good to speak to you thank you very much for yeah, the time. Thank, thank you very much, much. Thanks very cheers. much cheers, cheers. thank you for that We've just um, just stopped past and we saw a sign for combating Lyme disease, which is uh, an increasing problem in the UK. Sorry, who are we speaking to? We didn't know.
14: Uh, Professor Martha Clokey. Oh,
1: very, very nice, of and, uh, nice to meet you. My name's Byron.
0: And I'm um, Daryl.
14: Nice to meet you.
1: Can you, for those people who have heard of it but don't know anything about it, can you tell us uh, how you catch it and what the, the problem with is it and why it can make you so sick?
14: Yeah, so generally you catch it in this country from being bitten by a tick, so anybody who has... A, increased exposure to ticks such as gamekeeping or anything that takes you out into the field walking dogs and forests and so on if if you're bitten by a tick about a third of all the ticks in this country are thought to carry the bacteria Borrelia, so it's a bacteria, it's carried by the tick and when the tick bites you it inserts the bacteria into you and about half of the time you may get a a rash if the bacteria has been injected into you but you may not, so if you do see a big uh, bullseye rash they call it following a tick bite yep. it's really important to see medical attention because there's a short window which is really important you try and treat the infection during that time period
0: so uh, what, 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 uh, what happens to you if you don't seek medical attention
14: well the problem with beryllia or lyme disease is uh, it presents in, a, in a, ver- a whole series of quite difficult ways to for a doctor to diagnose so you can end up having problems with your joints um, all sorts of uh, neurological disorders um, you can end up being sort of having symptoms such as chronic fatigue is very common. So there can be a lot of sort of non-specific symptoms that's really hard to, but, to pick but up. But very serious, though. Very, very serious, and it can result. I mean, people also if it's not, some people are unlucky enough. Short, it can shorten your life significantly. It can cause you have to take very heavy-duty antibiotics to try and get rid of it. Also associated with things like um, uh, arthrit- arthritic type of conditions. So it's, uh, it's a seriously nasty disease to pick up. And
1: how is the best way, if you, if you think, I'm not sure, you know, I've got a bit of a rash,
14: yeah.
1: how do you go about getting tested? Well,
14: you should really be very, very um, pushy towards your GP that this is what you think you have yeah. and really mention that you've been bitten by a tick. Uh, because it's relatively uh, uncommon, or certainly a lot of GPs, uh, are not familiar with Lyme disease. We've had a lot of people stop by our stand over the last couple of days who are gamekeepers or people who, who've been exposed, who've been bitten by ticks, and they've really been very, very proactive with their GP. So you should really say, I've been bitten by a tick, I would really like a test for Lyme disease. Yeah, pu- really push it on yeah. them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. See, that's an interesting thing because um, I got bitten by a tick about a year ago. Now, I've got bitten by ticks all the time. Well, not all the time, but you know, periodically, because I spend a lot of time out on the hill. But this particular one bit me under my arm, and I came out in a bit of a rash. But it wasn't like what I would say is the stereotypical, but I I don't normally react. And I went to my GP, and they said, oh, that's fine, we'll take blood, and we'll send it away to get tested. And they called me back some weeks later and said, oh, we sent it to Inverness. And they said, because of the various questionnaires, I said they won't test it. I mean, and I thought, well, hang on, but I've asked for it to be tested. So, I mean, is this a common thing, or
14: no? That seems to be that story is consistent with a lot of stories we've been hearing over the last few days. Yeah, yeah. and that people, I think, that's just uh, that it's, it's really not known, not taken as seriously in this country as it should be. And we've had people come by from in Central Europe. It's a lot more more known and managed and dealt with. And again, from the area of America that it came from, the Northeast of America, people are a lot more familiar with it. Know how to spot it in these early stages.
0: Would you would you say it's getting worse in this country?
14: Yeah, it does seem to be getting worse. People are uh, the rates rates are increasing, but there's also an increasing awareness of it. Yeah. So, uh, which is which yeah. is really good.
0: And is that due to our mild winters and the ticks not, not well, I mean, is there a reason behind it that <laughs> well, you know?
14: It's quite a complicated disease. There's, a, there's a, a whole there's a whole type of bacteria that are related of these Borrelia bacteria. Some cause disease and some don't, and then there's a whole set of different types of ticks that carry it. So it's a, it's a sort of, it's hard, it's hard to understand all the underlying factors. There's certainly places um, within the UK where there are higher rates of it being reported, of Borrelia being reported than others. So what we're doing in our research is trying to actually find a new way of trying to target it and also to try and detect it more accurately. And that's using um, viruses that, that infect the bacteria. So I don't know if you can, your listeners obviously won't be able to see. We, we, we're we're we going to we'll a, come <laughs> back and take <laughs> some we pictures. We'll yeah. take But um, so all, all bacteria have got viruses that infect them. So if you see this little cartoon in the middle of our stand, that just shows, so when a virus sees it, that's a bacteria, that round thing, you've got a little, the little ant-like thing as a virus. You can see it's injecting itself and, it, and basically obliterating it. And so what, all bacteria have got these natural viruses, so we're trying to find the very specific viruses that target the Borrelia disease. Um, and ultimately what we'd like to do is use that very specific interaction to make a more specific diagnostic and then also make a, 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 a better treatment that you could give to people when they have missed that window of the a couple of weeks yeah, yeah. having... Been so
1: you have it. to do it very soon after you get better?
14: At, at the moment you do, yeah. So, And the other thing actually is about the, the test that's used at the moment is not very... Um, there are problems with the tests. So you either have an antibody-based test or a molecular-based test, and they're both not very sensitive sensitive and not very specific. So there's a lot of problems with false negatives. So you might even have got your test and you come back negative. Yeah,
1: well, I think probably the problem was <laughs> I, I got bitten and then I had to go abroad for a while working and then I only had time to go and get the test when I came back, and I think they thought the too long apart.
0: Oh, so great. you're gone. You're, that's I'm it. it. Well, now, I, I want to ask a question. Does yeah. it affect animals? Well,
14: that's, no, that's a really, really good question. Um, it's Obviously, it's gun, gun contra- dogs—it's con- it's controversial, yeah. but, but um, certainly in some places it's accepted that, that, that it does. And bet, many vets are convinced that you see dogs that are, they basically go behave in a really odd, sort of loopy way, having been bitten by, um, by ticks. And they, they, it, a lot of vets think that there's evidence that they have it, but it's, it's, not con- it's quite controversial. My colleague was at a conference in Vienna, a Lyme Disease Conference, um, this last year, at the end of last year. And there was a lot of discussion about this amongst vets. But certainly, someone, um, one of the, a journalist for the Sporting Gun, dropped by, and she was saying that in Connecticut, area of America, there's a test for Borrelia carried by dogs, and 90% of all the dogs in the area that were tested were shown to be really? have a positive antibodies towards Borrelia. So exactly what symptoms it causes, and exactly how much of a problem is, is I say, controversial. But it, but there's certainly some evidence that dogs do. Hmm. Um, carry it and, and suffer.
0: Now, I see on your stand here, it says we need a large amount of ticks. Can you yes. can you uh,
14: tell us more about this? Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, I was mentioning to you that all bacteria have got their natural viruses. Yep. Well, the question is, where do you find those viruses in the first place to harvest them and then use them? And in general, you'll find them associated with where those bacteria are. So, for example, people have found you can easily find viruses that target um, all sorts of other bacteria that make us sick you can find them in sewage sewage is a brilliant place for virus hunting (laughs) (laughs) but in this case because the ticks are carrying the Borrelia virus um, bacteria we think they're probably carrying these natural viruses as well so uh, so therefore we need to we're we're examining ticks both for the presence of the bacteria which we're studying but mainly to to look for these viruses so what we hope to the the reason why we're here is we, we wanted to engage with people that are basically out. being <laughs> out in the hills yep. and being bitten by ticks. And then all they need to do is just basically, we've got these little envelopes, we're just asking people to um, just to pick the ticks off their dogs or off, off the deer that they're rollicking or whatever oh, okay. and send us the ticks. And then what we'll do with those ticks is um, we dissect them, um, take out their hind guts and pick out the, uh, we enrich the bacteria and then we look for the presence of viruses.
0: So, listeners
14: send, <laughs> send, send in the text. <laughs> send them to us.
0: So, so I mean, if uh, people want to be
1: involved in in, in this pro, uh, program, where can they find these to get the the sample bottles?
14: So, they can write if they write to us at the University of Leicester. So, um, you can, can you make my email address? Yeah, you know, I tell we, what, we'll
1: put it in the description for the podcast, yeah, so we'll stick
14: yeah, that in. Yeah, so this is it's mrjc1 at, at leicester.ac.uk. But we can, uh, and if people write write to us, we can send them out some uh, pre-labeled envelopes with, uh, with little um, pots that they can put pop the ticks into. What, 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 what we'll we might do, yeah. we
0: work uh, quite a bit with um, the Merlin groups around us. Oh, okay, great. Uh, so what we'll do is... If you've got some, we'll grab
14: some off you. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, we can. Yeah, and we can, and we uh, can uh, give it to season. the keepers. Yeah, no, that'd be lovely.
1: We're, thank we're, you. we're right on the edge of a, a load of grouse moors and also some big deer for us as well. So we can go and give them to the keepers and then tell them that'd that be they be need brilliant. to. be brilliant. Thank you yep. very much. Uh, it's a, sure. a pleasure, Luke. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time to speak to us. We're walking along to best fox, uh, fox calls and best deer calls and I've just spotted Brent Norbury along with rog- yeah. Rob Crampton who's in here. So we're going to haul Brent out and hey Brent, how are you doing? Good to see you. Uh, we're Good to just uh, doing yeah. a quick bit of interviews for the podcast. Oh, yeah. But yeah. How, are you do-
15: how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Except this, I was meant to be here about four hours ago, but. Traffic? No, car broke down.
0: Ah, oh, there we go. It so wasn't controls. a Land
1: Rover, was it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the <laughs> joke I normally get. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah,
15: it's- I'm here now, so it's nice.
0: Now, I, um, we've-, we've just been sent the new Vaughan rucksacks, and you have brought. I've got it there. You've got it there. Uh, which
1: one's that? You've just got... The, uh, the Deer. Uh, the 2016. Yeah. There we They're go. very, very nice. Yeah, just, uh, we, we could do it, but since you were here, we might as well speak to the other pro staff. I mean, tell us about the, the, the concept. We have... We're, we're using it in some of the films that, that we're doing, but tell us about the concept and your use of it. My use is... Well, I would actually say
15: it's very similar to you, you guys because I'm a lot on the hill ground. Um, I am working in forestry, but... I do a lot of long stalks. I could be out for five, six hours, so it's much nicer to have the rifle that's in the rucksack and I don't have to worry about it. And, and,
0: and it's, uh, you can fit a scope in it as well. Yeah, exactly. Which is a downfall yeah. of a few rucksacks.
15: Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a really handy tool, especially for me, um, because uh, my rifle is a little heavy and it just makes uh, the hill walking so much more comfortable.
0: Now we are we're, uh-huh. we're, we're, we're going to put up a picture of, of the the new Vaughan rucksack uh, that they've brought out it's not it's not available yet and uh, no, I don't think it will yet. be for for some time actually and I I believe so what is that with the real tree camera you've got there No that's the green the green so we've got a real tree one as well so they're bringing out a few different camos as Yes as yeah. well which is uh, pretty cool so- and it's softer, softer, finish softer, softer finish so it's not as noisy, yeah. not that the last one was noisy at all, but I'm I more waterproof. Yeah. So. yeah, they,
15: they seem to change it, but they, I was happy with the first one. Now, the,
0: the, the, the thing that is very impressed about this rucksack is the quick release Yes. It. It's very unique, I've not seen one like that before.
15: No, no when I first saw it, because uh, I have a few friends from Norway, and then I saw the rucksack and I thought, no one else has done anything like this before. And then I thought, I've got to have one. And I just bought one from the company. And then they told us about this ProStar. But when I got it, and I tried it, I was like, this is, this is something else. And it just made stalking so much easier. Uh, but now they've made the new one, the 2016, and you got the the better uh, yeah, release. New, I think release. that's much better now, because they had that, uh, it was just a like, piece of material. Really, yeah, with a button you, on yeah, it. Yeah, you just pulled it. But this, with, it's a handle now, so it's so much nicer.
0: Now, now I wanted to ask you. I've seen it online. You're, your film.
15: Yeah. Yeah. No. Tell us. Tell us about it. A lot, of, about a lot it. of questions about that. Um, it's taken longer than I expected to do. As I, as, I, all as all filming always as all does. All filming. But um, the, the well, the the trailer is out. Yeah. And which and we've hope seen. It, yeah. Thank yep. you. the the, the pre order is going to be out in a week. So it'll come with one of these hats and loads of goodies and then it should be released the first week in April. Then it's done. Then, and it, then you can how, long, how long's the,
0: show, the, the, the film gonna be?
1: Uh, at the moment it's gonna be around 80 minutes. Wow, 80 yeah. minutes, that's yeah. a serious, we know, because we've got six episodes of 40 minutes each coming out, and we know how much work is involved yeah, yeah. in 40 minutes. Yeah, this has taken
15: a year, actually nearly two years of work. Uh, I'm filming all on my own, only, one stalk, I've had an, a cameraman
0: with me. So, Is that d- your brother? Yeah, that's my brother. So, so yeah. just quickly, what are we going to see in it? That-
15: Every, both red stags, red hinds, roebucks, rodos, so uh, deer stalking throughout the winter, and foxes throughout the whole year. So, I've tried to do a year of everything I do where I live in Scotland. Um, so, yeah, very cool.
1: And if uh, people want to check it out, the trailer, it's on YouTube. And yes. if they want to order the DVD, how do they do that?
15: That will be on my website, which is uh, brentnorburyhaunting.co.uk. So it'll be ready for there. And the, the pre-order will be on there next week.
0: And, and of course, you're also an artist. Yes. I've been, <laughs> been spying your work. Yeah. So, and all your work's on the website as well.
15: Yes. Yeah, it's all on the website. And uh, it's easy to find it on my Facebook page and Instagram as well. I'm always
1: advertising it no I heard that you were going to be doing some calling demonstrations yeah and I think we're going to we, call we, you. we actually we're going heard to call it. you out yeah because we would like some calling demonstrations yeah. on the podcast yeah so let's yeah, yeah let's, let's do let's do, it. It.
3: Let's
0: yeah. do it. you might have heard uh, in the background when we were actually speaking to Brent somebody was calling someone, someone was calling I think it was
1: Rob Crampton I think using some of the best foxholes but we're going to speak to him next yep yeah, we will okay so what do you what do you have here Brent so I have here my stag call, which is from Bestia
15: call. I, this first time I used it was last year for the stag route. And I called in four stags and two of which were shot. One was a Scottish silver medal and the other was a nice 12 pointer. And I've been calling stags for the last three years. Uh, It's been a bit on and off. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But last year was the best I've ever had. And it was so effective. And I think it's mainly because I got a better call. Originally, I actually made my own and tried to do my best attempt at imitating a red stag. But now- What did they think of that? (laughs) Some of them answered back and some of them just didn't do anything. So, But now, I feel like I've got a, a good sound, but it takes a bit of practice to do it. Um, a lot of I remember I spoke to a lot of guys in the Highlands when they when they've done it, or maybe to stop a stag to and then get a shot. Um, a lot of them just go ah, and they and make a bit of a funny sound. That does stop them, but
0: yeah, because they're like, what is going on yeah, behind you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when
15: when it's in the rut, they're, they're so full of adrenaline uh, terrestrial, and terrestrial that they just yeah they uh, they just come running running in sometimes, but with this call, I have, I think I've got a pretty good sound now. But.
1: So this is from Best Box Calls, and it's their their three part tube yes. um, stag. Yeah, the stag
15: tube, call. Yes.
0: Can, can um, we hear it?
15: Yeah.
0: Well, uh, is it loud? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to yeah. stand back. We'll stand a back bit. a little bit.
15: Yeah, it
3: is loud. But. So. <laughs>
1: Oh. Oh. I think I heard hooves. Did you hear hooves? <laughs> I think they're coming running. Yeah. Yeah.
15: If you get like, goosebumps on your back, then that's it. you got it right. But, uh, and then it takes a bit of right. practice because a lot of people, they'll just, they basically like, shout into the tube, but you need to uh, use your muscles from your stomach to get that deep belly roll. Yeah, so,
0: uh, Maybe you need to release a training video.
15: Yeah, I know. I need to do it. Yeah. yeah. So. I will do one for next rut so (laughs) people can practice, but it it is very effective. I remember taking clients out and I said, oh, I'm going to try and call a stag now and they're looking at me a bit funny and they say, is this a joke? I'm like, no, 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 I I, I can do it sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's an amazing experience to have one coming into the call especially the, the big one that was shot last year, which is the biggest of the season I had at Strahanna Stalking, that I heard the stag roaring at least 400 meters away up on the hillside. And we were inside the forest and I was with the client. And then I said to him, I'm gonna try and call him in. There's no way we can get up to him because he's in the forest as well. And I just got the guy ready on the sticks and I called and he, the stag answered back. And then we just started talking, and then he went quiet for a long time, and I just said to the client, get ready, because I think he might be on his way now. And it went quiet for a long time, two minutes, three minutes, and that's, that felt really long. And then um, I said, right, I'm gonna call one more time. And I did it, and then the stag just came crashing through the trees 20 meters away, and he came right in front of us at 17 meters, and then he just stopped
1: and bang. And he. Uh, just like that. He dropped on the spot. and It's exciting. I mean, calling. I had not done a lot of calling uh, stags, but a lot of calling rodea. And that is. That's super exciting. That's it, do, it, it, yeah.
3: doesn't,
15: it doesn't get much better. That's what really started me calling, was uh, Rodia. Like Just That was. Rodia and foxes was what, how I begun. And then now. I, I can see somebody stags. escaping
1: from the best fox call stand because I don't think he wants to be caught on radio. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, that's so, great. I yeah, think what we're going to do, we're going to slide through here and we're going to try and grab Rob Crampton before yeah. somebody starts speaking yeah. to you. But Look, great to speak to you. How are you doing, Rob? I'm very well. You're good. You? Good to yeah, see uh, you guys. Good. good to see you guys. So we're at the Best Fox Calls stand, Best Deer Calls stand on this side. Tell us a little bit about how you all started because you, there was no Best Fox Calls and then suddenly,
13: boom, you were everywhere. It kind of all started in uh, 2011. I think it was 2011, and I started. I, I bought the domain name Best Fox Call. Prior to that, I've been in marketing and building websites. And I bought the domain name Best Fox Call because I was selling one, just wanted to sell one particular call online um, for a guy who, current, at that time, had no online sales at all. So it was almost a pocket money idea, um, a bit of beer money, if you like. I then um, contacted the guys, some guys in Australia about um, the Tenterfield-style whistle and the cost to actually get some calls from Australia to the UK and then getting them them out there on the market was just it was just too much money people wouldn't pay that much money for a piece of bent metal so we developed our own Um, that very quickly that would have been probably was early 2012 and I remember going to the the last British shooting show at Newark and bumping into Robert Bucknell and James Marchington got the product in their hands. I bumped into the Team Wild guys there as well and sort of introduced myself and everybody was like, hang on, who's this best Foxconn guy? Um, and it's kind of gone from there. We then, we then found the the IcoTech range of products, which are uh, electronic remote callers, um, started importing those from the States in 2000, again in 2013. They've been massively successful. And then, obviously, recently we've we've teamed up with Joe and started Best Deal to sort of mirror the, the same ethics of if we don't use it, we don't sell it, um, and just sourcing decent products that work. Um, and uh, I think you've already spoken to Brent. Yeah, he was demonstrating yeah, that for absolutely. us. Yeah, absolutely. So, can we a have, have story, a quick?
1: Really? You've got you've got three calls, uh, your three main calls around your your neck there. Can we have a? Uh, tell us what each one is, and then use it so we uh, people listening can hear.
13: Okay. I'll apologise in advance because the first one might be quite loud, but the three calls we have, one is a, a field style whistle, which is essentially a bent piece of metal, a bit the same technique as a shepherd's uh, shepherd whistle, um, but it creates a real raspy sound, it's very loud, it carries a long way over, you know, over open countryside, so it's almost the sort of first call you'd use and just to w- see... And what does that retail around. at, that? This one retails at £13.99 online, um, we, but we do a deal at game fairs where the calls are all £10 each or three for 25 so... Um, and, so and, and, and
0: maybe if they mention the podcast to you maybe they can get a deal
13: absolutely uh, if they come and mention the, 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 famous, the, the, the Pace Brothers I'm sure we'll look after them of course there, there okay. we have yeah, it there's a good offer the man himself. Yep. absolutely but I, make it fairly quick because obviously there's not much of the show left but all <laughs> of that for shows over the, over the year if you come and mention the Pace Brothers I will do you a good deal there,
0: there we have it there's a good deal that's two we've had today that's yes great. it is oh,
13: good, good work yeah so yeah, the, the sta- what we call the SS, it's a stainless steel caller. Sounds a bit like this. I'm going to blow it away.
3: Gonna-
13: <laughs> <laughs> For a long, long time, we wondered what this was. Um, and I came home one day and heard this noise coming from my back garden and thought, there's somebody in my back garden blowing one of my callers. <laughs> so needless to say, went to investigate, found my two terriers playing tug of war with a rabbit in the garden. And we, all, we think rabbits squeal when they're in pain, which they do, but actually when they're being killed, they scream, and that's the noise they make. So I think the reason that works so well is because it's a sort of sense of urgency. A um, uh, you know, fox is a predator if it, if it feels there's another predator actually Opp- killing opportunity something. Opportunity for it. Yeah, absolutely. Opportunity for a steal. Yeah. Steal for a meal. So, so that's that call. The other, the other call we do is the little the, what we call the original, because it was the very first call. I use it quite a lot. Yeah, this call cool. I mean, it's great. Um, I think probably most people who who currently shoot foxes have probably got one of these calls. Um, It's a little black reed call, it's a bit like the old technique of having a blade of grass between your thumbs um, and sounds. Which is the sort of more traditional um, sort of pained rabbit rodent type squeal. Then finally, we have a little call that Robert Button, Button will introduce me to. It's an odd-looking little thing. It looks like a small cricket bat with two holes in it. Um, it's called a Fowl Harbour Hazel Grouse Hen call. That's a, what, a mouthful. Yeah, that is a it bit is. of a mouthful. Yeah. So we just call it the Fowl Harbour. Yep. Um, Fowl Harbour, an Austri- Austrian company, more more known really for their deer calls. Um, but this little call produces a very um, a real, really pitchy, squeaky rodent type. And we find it really effective on, on stubble or, you know, cut silage, where you've had machinery over ground and you've got rats and mice that are, that are either chopped up or injured. If you get foxes my, uh, mousing, calling them with a squeal sometimes just does not work. They won't even listen to it because it's not what they're expecting to find. So just a little... A few little peeps. And we've called foxes. It's a really quiet call. We've called foxes from three or 400 yards of this call. Um, obviously, in, on relatively quiet nights, but yeah, great little call. No, that's oh, brilliant. brilliant. So, okay. so if
0: people want to check you out. Where do they find you?
13: Um, they can find us online, predominantly at www.bestfoxcall.co.uk. Um, on under the contact us um, link, there is a UK um, 2016 game fairs. Where, where are you going to be? I'm going to have to look. Do you want the whole list? Oh, you've got a list. I've got a list on my, on my, on my, on my laminate. Well you're everywhere by the look of that. Yeah. Well, we're, <laughs> we're, yeah, um, there's, there's a couple that are in, in, questionable. But after the British Shooting Show, we'll be at Kelmarsh, which is the Easter weekend. Um, we'll be at the East Anglian Game Fair, which obviously takes in over in Norwich at, at the showground. We'll be at the Northern Shooting Show in Harrogate in May. Um, we'll do High Clear, which is Newbury area. That's also May. We'll then be at, probably at the Welsh Game Fair in June. Um, as you, you guys know, there's, there's quite a few CLA Game Fairs this year. Yes, but, well, we've been speaking to a couple yeah, we them. have, yeah. Not off the press, I have just signed a contract and I will be at the UK Game Fair here at Stonely. We just spoke to them. So, uh, okay, brilliant. Yeah, um, I'm probably gonna be at Ragley the following mm. weekend as well. <laughs> we will be at the Midland. Um, Life on oh, the road for you. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and actually, one of my favorite shows and we did first time last year that I will be at, will be scoon So it's, it's awesome, right
0: down yep. the road from us. That's, that's our so We will no doubt see we, you there. We will see you again, definitely yep, at absolutely.
1: Schoon. So well, thank you very much for your time. No problem. Okay, thank you. Good to speak, Catch you there. We're over speaking to Jens from Hornady, and Hornady released a really exciting bullet this year. I'm not going to say anything about it, Jens, just tell us what the story is from start to finish with this this new bullet that you've released.
16: i yeah. uh, try to make it brief. It's a long story behind it, but... Uh, Hornady made a real excite, uh, exciting uh, um, development in the bullet technology since they found out that uh, typical plastic tips of bullets melt in flight if you shoot high-BC bullets on longer ranges. And they developed a new tip called the heat shield tip, which eliminates that problem. And while they done that for a match bullet, they thought it would make sense to develop uh, a hunting bullet around that new technology. And they did it with the ELDX and it's the first real all-range hunting bullet on the market. It's a bullet you can use on short range, on big game, on small game, but it has a terminal performance on long range like no other bullet on the market. So it changes the way you think about hunting on longer ranges. It allows you to ethically hunt on longer ranges than ever before.
1: I mean, that, that has always been uh... The problem, if, you, if you're involved in longer range shooting, is getting a bullet to have the correct terminal performance at those lower velocities. But you, you've solved that problem here.
16: Yeah, definitely, that bullet uh, is made for that. I mean, um, some people used um, match style bullets for hunting on longer range and had pretty okay results with it in some, some configurations. But uh, of course, sometimes it happens that you have to shoot on closer ranges and then the bullet could fail because they break up or other bullets perform very good on short ranges but not performing on long ranges, and the ELDX combines everything. Is that it's an all-range hunting bullet. It's great on long range, but you can also greatly use it on on shorter range and regular ranges.
1: And just finally, because uh, it was the thing I found most curious when I was reading about it, is how you actually discovered that you had an issue with the the traditional plastic tip material. Yeah,
16: Yeah, I mean, the whole thing started with the match bullet we designed for long range shooting and um, they switched from traditional measuring the BCs with several chronographs to Doppler radar. The Doppler radar allows you to read the speed of the bullet every every feet almost. So you got readings all the way down the trajectory. In the old days they did a chronograph, three, four, five chronographs at different distances, and then the rest was calculated. But when they shot on the range, the engineers of Hornady found out The results they see with the chronographs that determine the BC value of the bullet doesn't match to what they see on the target, so there must be something in between. So they bought that very expensive Doppler radar to test it and they found out that the bullet changes shape in flight because the tips get warm or hot, it melts, it increases the meat plat and gets a lower BC. And this is why you have the deviations. And this is something um, which is important to solve and they, they uh, found a new material that withstands the temperature and uh, solves that problem, they patented it. And as I said, they build a match bullet, the ELD match, and a hunting bullet, the ELD hunting around it, the ELD X on, around it.
1: No, it's, it's, a, it's a very exciting development, and I'm looking, very much looking forward to testing yeah. it. But thank you very much for your time, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. 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 So we're over on the Swarovski stand, and I'm going to have a chat to Neil about products that for 2016, stuff that came out at the back end of last year. What are you going to show us first?
17: Okay, um, so the sort of I suppose the newest product in the Swarovski range is our X5 rifle scope. Um, it, it was launched last year. Um, it's designed for long-range shooting, mainly sort of target orientated. It's our first sort of dip in the water where that's concerned, um, but we have seen a little bit of interest from guys that like to mountain hunt, some stalkers in Scotland, things like that. It just enables people to sort of accurately dial in using MOA. Um, and we've managed to get quite a lot of adjustment in the scope, but still maintain a 30mm tube. So it mounts nice and low, and it's fairly lightweight. Um, obviously, our other ranges still continue. The Z6 is still running. The Z4 and our rangefinder binoculars. You know, we've had a real cracking take-up last year of those. They're still going strong. And um, yeah, hopefully this year in March we'll be releasing something new. You can't tell us what You're it is You're not yet. going to tell I us. I can't, no. But uh, there's a big launch, so see, March, see big launch. Yeah, we've got the IWA show um, in Nuremberg, and uh, the, I, I believe the launch will take place there.
1: So we need to, anybody wanting to know what that is, you need to keep an eye on all the feeds from
17: IWA. Definitely, yeah, definitely.
1: But your laser rangefinders, I think pretty much all of my friends who have laser, laser rangefinders have a pair of Sarathsons.
17: Yeah, they're very, they're, they're very, very good. I think um, from a hunting perspective, they've kept things relatively simple. So you, they're, they're very light, they're very compact for a range-finding binocular. Um, they've got an inclination system in, so you know if you're shooting in steep areas, they will allow for that. Um, it works incredibly well with our ballistic turret system. So, you know, you, you're not having to fiddle around with lots of buttons. You can set it up very easily. You can switch it between meters and yards. And for me, what, what's most important is it's, it's been designed as a binocular first and foremost. So the light transmission is, is bang on. You know, it works perfectly through both sides of the binocular. The, having the rangefinder in is, is not a detriment. Um, and you can use it or not use it depending on whether you need it.
1: My one friend, he's the head keeper up at Glenfiddich Estate, and he recently just bought himself a pair, and he doesn't know how he survived without a pair of (laughs) rainfinding binoculars. (laughs)
17: It is easy to get hooked, I must say. Um, I mean, I've always held over, um, and I've always preferred to use sort of more basic kit. Um, And slowly but surely, you know, you end up with all the bells and whistles. (laughs) Now,
1: I'm I'm looking behind you here, and I'm seeing a telescope that I saw someone talking about uh, just recently in the last couple of weeks, Can you talk us through that. Or is this here as well? Yeah. is it this one I was looking at?
17: Um, yeah, that's a t- one of our traditional draw scopes. So we've we've had that. Oh, for, uh, I tell you what put me off time. is it's got the neoprene cover, cover on it. it. That's yeah. why I didn't recognize it. Um, this is what we call our STR-80. So again, along with the launch of the X5, going into that sort of long-range market, um, they produced uh, a spotting scope, which actually has uh, a, a projected illuminated reticle, so which you can have in MRAD or MOA. Okay. Um, cracking for spotting, for um, adjusting for windage and elevation, uh, it goes obviously alongside the turrets on the X5. The bonus of it really is that you can switch that illuminated reticule off. So it becomes most, a normal yeah, most are etched, so if, if, you, if you don't want it, if you want to use it for photography purposes, for maybe surveillance, anything like that, you know, you don't have the reticule you can switch it off get rid of it and then put it back on Uh, and I was talking to a guy um, earlier on the stand actually he's considering one and I said these days with Swarovski have been very very good with what we call digiscoping so you attachments that will fit over the eyepiece that you can attach cameras or iPhones and things like that to to actually record video or photograph at very very high (laughs) magnifications Um, it does have, sometimes have a downside. You know, it's, it's very difficult to get used to doing it, but certainly from long-range shooting perspective now, you can Wi-Fi footage to an iPad. So I, I, I put a picture in a guy's head. You know, imagine you're lying down on a shooting range look, looking at 1,000-yard gongs or something like that. You can have that up there. You can have a wind meter, Kestrel on the top, bluetooth thing to your iPad, all of your wind data. You can have the reticule zeroed on the target giving you video feed onto your ipad you can shoot stop rewind slow motion watch your shot fall read it against the reticule and then make your moa adjustments that's some pretty yeah. fancy stuff so pretty, it, you know pretty, it, and, and pretty from nifty. a perspective of teaching or showing people things it's amazing the feedback you get when you can literally Straight stand away. there with an ipad yeah. or something similar press pause and show them where their shot went a thousand yards down range it really, as a teaching method, it's phenomenal, you know, really, really good. And stuff like, bits of kit like this enable you to do that. Now,
1: so. oh, that's really cool. Now, finally, compact binoculars. Now, I've got uh, one friend who's a stalker on a estate just beside us, and he swears, he, they're very, very old now, but he's got a very compact pair of Swarovski binoculars because he's mainly a hill stalker. Yeah. So he doesn't need the big light transmission of a big pair like you would have for maybe Rose row stalker.
17: Yeah. And he
1: basically sticks them in his top pocket. Yeah, yeah. What what do you have now? What's the sort of latest compact you have?
17: I mean, I I still use an old eight by thirty SLC. Um, you know, it's always good to have a compact pair of binoculars. I don't think you would want them instead of, um, but certainly you know you guys will know from the from certainly the trailer footage I've seen that quite often you can end up in places where every single ounce of weight counts yeah yeah, definitely um, we we know we we know the pain (laughs) (laughs) um so we've got um sort of uh, three options really um at the very very top end we do an an el um, which most people will be familiar with um it's our sort of class leading binocular and we do it in a 32 it's very very compact but at the same time the sort of technology that goes into the EL, really, you can use it in all instances. You know, the 42 will maybe get you a little bit later, but they are still incredibly good in low light. Um, that comes at a price. <laughs> um, in the sort of really compact range, we do two binoculars, a pocket and what we call a companion. So the companion, I think, for stalking would probably be the best. It's an 830 or a 1030 binocular. Sort of the predecessor to predecessor that took over from the 830 SLC really Um, which yeah a lot of guys use again like you said you lose a little bit of low light performance but it makes up for it in weight and they're small enough they can fit in your pocket
1: a lot of cool kit here. Yeah. I'm going to come back and take some pictures and stuff later, but thank you very much for your yeah, time. Thank Pleasure you guys. Cheers. The rest of the show. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks very much. So we're, we're over at a stand now with two safari outfitters from, from Africa, Chris Deploy and Outpost Hunting.
0: We've seen their, their yeah, really no. nice trailer on the big screen. Really swanky trailer. Shoes, yeah. yeah.
1: So look, if I, if I just start with you, Chris, sure. why have you come all the way over to the UK? I mean, this is obviously a big event, but you know, there's not that many outfitters here.
18: Yeah, there's, um, I think we are out for us all together. Um, I would say the opportunity. I've been to England before I was, uh, after school I came to work here, I saw the opportunity, especially in bird hunting. Um, and I, I went to, to uh, Frank and I told him, listen, let's do it. Um, let's see what we can do. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of potential.
1: And w- So whereabouts are you based? Are you South Africa?
18: Yes, uh, Limpopo, South Africa.
1: Okay, Limpopo. That hence all the bird shooting. There you go. There you yeah. go. So, what, what kind of shooting do people come to you for in Limpopo?
18: Um, well, Big Five planes game, bird hunting, basically. And while we're doing South Africa and, and Namibia, we, we give the best of both in one, so we can do a combined package, all of that. And uh, yeah, they they only have to come to this to this uh, um, exhibition to to get both.
19: Right. And, and Frank, whereabouts in uh, whereabouts in Namibia are you? we're from the Kalari um, very beautiful area, uh, more sandy dune areas um, yeah it's from Vintock from the central area uh, southeast um, against the Botswana border so it's a, it's a special place uh, you,
0: you got to go to Namibia. Well, um. I know but I've never been
1: down that end because mm. normally when I go I find to Vitock and then we're going north up to the Caprivi
19: you go to Caprivi? Yeah. okay okay my parents have a place not not too far from the Caprivi so yeah, I I know that area. But,
1: but you're the other end. And and in terms of a hunting species, what can people expect if they want to come and hunt in your neck of the woods?
19: Um, yeah, the Kalahari is mostly famous for um, the oryx, the Springbuck, Yeah, uh, big dikers, big Steenbucks as well, and red hartebeest. That's that's mostly the the big um, trophies are in the Kalahari for those type of animals. So.
1: And because a lot of people think, you know. Oh, i sorry, I've been distracted here. I, I see know. I see biltong and drive horse on your are table. Are you bribing <laughs> people? With biltong? I'm going to have some of that <laughs> after. Um, but a lot of people think you know, African hunting is it's expensive. You know, I won't be able to afford it. Can you tell me, uh, tell people how affordable it is? I mean, I, I know because I go all the time, and I've got a couple of major outfitters out there. And if you compare it to, like, say, European hunting and trophy prices in Europe, you think. Wow, you know, I can get all of that in Africa. Okay, you've got to get there, but it's really good value for money.
18: Um, sure is. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Ibex in Spain will cost you 4,000 euro. Uh, if you come to South Africa, you can do a five package hunt, five day hunt for the same amount. So you've got five animals instead of one, five days in Africa. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? And
0: Africa gets under
1: your skin.
18: Yeah, it does. There you go. Uh, there beautiful
0: you go. accommodation, yeah. nice weather. Beautiful. Well,
18: yeah. Been
19: there. Always going to go back
1: it's it's hard uh, yeah once twice a year i and think i'd almost live there if i could
0: and and it doesn't help that all our family live there so we're well, going back we're like oh I, I don't go enough byron you go all the I, time i know
1: but you know it is good okay no that, that's that's really great well hopefully so we can uh put your details on our podcast page but For people listening who can't be bothered looking at the details underneath it, where can they find you, Chris?
18: Uh, Chris Deploy Safaris, www.chrisdeploysafaris.co.za And
19: that's uh, P-L-O-O-Y. And Frank, what about you? This is Outpost Safaris, outpostsafaris.com, the web page, or betapostsafaris.com.
1: And either of you guys on Facebook?
18: Yes, yes, Uh, Chris Deploy Safaris.
19: Yeah, Yeah, also Betapost Safaris, that's on Facebook as well, yeah.
1: Great, well, thanks very much
18: for your time, guys. Thanks very much. Big pleasure thank you.
1: We're over now at pretty much the only well certainly the only clothing manufacturer that's here that's made in the UK which is yep, the Fortus uh, Fortus clothing
0: stand. Fortus peak. And uh, if you see the pictures of us at the, the British Shooting Show you'll see the big made in the UK on on our Oh arms. yeah on our sleeves. I'm yeah. pointing as if someone can see but yeah. on our yeah. arms. In fact the
1: t-shirts that we've been, been wearing, wearing here were printed are, by by Fortus. So anyway Oliver's here. How are you doing Oliver? I'm good, and you? Very good. Uh, Has it been a good show for you guys? Oh, excellent. I think,
20: actually, maybe the best British shooting show we've uh, ever attended. And we've been going for a number of years now. So, uh, in terms of feedback and people coming in, it's been great. Yeah, really
1: good. Now, for people who are thinking I've never heard of Fortus before, quite a lot have heard of Country Covers. Just explain that connection. Okay, so Country Covers is where we've come from.
20: The reason why we are Country Covers... Hang on. Hold on
1: a second.
2: Uh, this Loud announcer. Two, start very, uh, is
1: very inconsiderate. A <laughs> <laughs> right when we were trying no, to do no, no. it.
0: It's uh, very inconsiderate.
1: Okay, right. to
0: Huh? Oh, let's try this again. It's done, right. Oh, so
1: yeah. carry on. Country Covers for
20: Yeah, so Country Covers, um, it w- w- was where we came from. It, it was our seat covers, our wheel covers, and our endurance clothing. Um, it is something uh, that we, you know, obviously don't forget. We still got the name up in Country Covers because a lot of people still remember us through, the, through what we did and, and sold to everyone. But... Fortis is our rebrand, and that's because it uh, depicts of what we do. So Country Covers doesn't depict what we do. We we are an endurance clothing brand, um, and we're, we're we're taking it global. And, and And people are noticing us in Norway, Sweden, and and obviously Scotland being and England being uh, the the two markets where we do all the shows. And we do a couple in Wales as well. And we've tried Ireland, and we're doing Ireland this year. Um, but the the brand is 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 pushing more just doing our civilian. Um, outdoor clothing so for anyone that's hiking rambling and and shooting and anyone that's in the outdoors
0: now we've actually tried a lot of your kit yeah well we're very fortunate enough
1: that anyone who listens to the podcast will know that Fortis are one of our sponsors so we've been using your kit obviously extensively for the last couple of months in in some of the
0: most horrendous conditions Mm. that I think I've ever been in my life
1: (laughs) can you tell people how the how the garments are made and the kind of materials that you use, because I found that fascinating when we were talking three days ago when we we first got together.
0: And we will talk about your Falklands jacket in a minute. (laughs) Yes, we will. Okay,
1: Okay, well, uh,
20: the the materials itself, so we're a ripstop design. So the design of ripstop is uh, that its abrasion levels are great. So if you're going through those brambles, you're going through all the the, the crap that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the gamekeepers and the farmers and the guys that really have a lifestyle outside, that it's not just a, a job to them, it's actually their lifestyle. It's just how they spend their life doing is the outdoors so the ripstop is designed um, to take on that, 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 that front so those that, that blackthorn that we do come across um, and it's a 50 50% um, mixture and that's polyester and cotton so that's a strong mix which you wouldn't find anywhere else um, made because of the, the, the cost it takes to actually make that and merge that together um, and that's all done here in the UK and then we uh, it's actually uh, in a place called uh, in Ireland called Dinsmore and they do it all for us they also color dye everything uh, and then we buy in the rolls and bring it down um, uh, with the waterproof, um, and then with a drop liner. So you have the outer protecting that drop liner. So if you rip that outer, you're still going to be waterproof because that drop liner's beneath, and that beneath drop liner will then uh, have that support of that outer. Now we then uh, cut them all together in bundles. Our cutter will uh, put them together, and then we'll uh, have a bundle and give it to our sew- sewing team, and they'll uh, sew
1: it together. And your garments. For the Most part are or they can certainly be
0: completely customized, yeah, which yeah. is quite incredible, really, for, yeah, for a clothing manufacturer.
1: It's
20: definitely you know, good sales, and you know, it, 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 like when we speak to people, people are, are everyone's different, so everyone's a different size. Some people got the long arms, some people got the you know, it's short really legs, short, like short. me, yeah. But yeah, like us, yeah. <laughs> like us, we've got the short legs, you know. But it's, um, it's you, you don't choose the way you're built, you know, you, you uh, everyone's different in size wise, so we offer that um, bespoke uh design where you can you can do whatever you like with your smock you can you can uh, if you're a 27 inch leg inside leg we can do that we can um, we can put a pocket there if you need that like for example this guy in Scotland um, that we make, a, we make coats for him and jumpers and, and everything we've made for him. He has one pocket in particular, and that's for his insulin injection if he has a cardiac arrest or, or he's about to because he's a diabetic. Now he has that pocket in the exact same place, and if he's out uh, summer shooting and he only has his trousers and a t shirt on, um, he has it in his trousers and everything. So we do things uh, that other manufacturers or other clothing companies can't because I mean, that, we make it here. That's pretty unique to have yeah, a, a awesome. pocket
0: for for Very your awesome. insulin shot
20: yeah, yeah exactly so uh, that adrenaline kind of that, that shot will, will uh, save his life so doing something as important as just doing a little pocket that other companies may not have to because they have to roll with
1: 5000 of one item because it's made in China Which we do? now F- Falkland Jacket you yeah. mentioned that at the start it's a really cool story This that you told us just the other day about where it got its name and from. it's fairly
0: new isn't it
1: yeah well i mean the falklands uh, was well, it's, it's new to civilian world
20: and yep. what we're doing for the civilians so the the drop down seat pad inside it which you can totally remove the poacher's pocket inside but it's not new in terms of where it's come from so it, it, the falklands police is where it's come from we called it the falklands after them uh, we are doing the uh members in the uh, falklands police and they they wear it out at right now at the moment um and they wear it in the orange in our orange which is not a normal orange uh which you'll probably see in the cus- uh, company uh, orange and trousers and that, that, that,
0: that's one thing we actually forgot to mention the variations of camo and different yeah. colors that you have that's, is immense that's an awesome <laughs> thing
20: for us actually because the camos are actually uh, a lot of them at issue so we've got swedish military you've got the canadian military you've got uh, you've got all sorts of militaries you've got netherlands over there um but we can also get uh, other camos so you've got these um uh, other companies in america making these different types like of camos di- digital camos the di- digitals. we can get hold of roles like that and we can make things for you um it just i mean we get a guy from uh, he's called senor nori and he lives in sweden and every year he will send us a different camouflage to make a new smock in every single year and he just he he does it and uh, it can be in any material he likes and he just sends it over to us and we make it in the style he asks Um, but that's what we do We, we, we want to provide something personalised uh with a backup service so if you rip it we're there if you have a waterproof problem with are there you know, and
0: you can pick up the phone and actually speak to you yeah
20: exactly and we're in it, and we speak english so uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna help and we we, we, are, we are there to help and hopefully uh people will take on board that we we want to provide a garment that's going to last and uh be there to to,
1: to kind of support you through your lifestyle over the outdoors yeah, that's brilliant thank you very much for taking time yeah, to speak to you. us all pleasure We're over at the the Ely stand and we're speaking to Andy Norris. Andy, I know from speaking to you a couple of days ago, there's some exciting new releases from Ely coming out this year. There's some stuff that came out back end of last year. What's in store for everybody
21: who's into shotgun shooting? We've had two years of growth, natural growth within the UK market, rebuilding um, on our quality, on our tradition and everything else that Ely stands for. We released four brand-new products this year for both clay and game, and we've got some new special cartridges coming in the pipeline for the coming season, some of which will just be a follow-on natural progression from the Zenith range, going into the small gauges, and then we'll be looking at other larger gauges, which we're still keeping under wraps until we can get it done, but we will be the only UK manufacturer making a product of this spec and standard.
1: And your your steel shot, I started using that a couple of years ago, what's in your steel
21: shot range now? We are offering a 2 and 3 quarter inch steel in 3 shot and 5 shot, which has been um, proven to be more successful each year. And we're also doing our 3 inch range of the lightning steel for those that are using semi-autos or even over and unders with 3 inch chambers that just demand maximum performance for those wildfowl, normally those who are shooting north of the border. And the performance of the the three inch is far greater than anything else we believe on the market. And the patterns and performance will you know, just prove better than anything else anyone has ever bought.
1: Um Alpha Max has been a strong, um, you know, Ely model, if you if you, if you want to call it that, for a very long time. How is that? How is that doing? Does it just continue going from strength to strength?
21: Alpha Max fell off for some time, and the reason being was the if you think Alpha Max was used mainly by keepers for um, fox cubs and for foxing, which has now been mainly replaced by rifles, keepers now use a lot more rim fire and centre rifles than ever used to. However, there are certain times that you can't use a rim fire or certainly a centre This is where Alpha Max has gained popularity again, especially north of the border. Mm-hmm. So if you going to your part of the world, our sales of Alphamax are far greater than in the south. However, saying that in Devon Cornwall area, the Alpha Max and the Magnum loads are still in high demand.
1: Now, that's interesting because I I hadn't noticed there. Maybe that's because of where I live. Whenever I look around, you know, when we're on Fox drives or whatever, every man and his dog <laughs> is using Alpha Max. So maybe
21: that's why I kind of never noticed that the what you were talking about maybe dipping off a bit. Well, what areas now actually do? have fox drives still. So many keepers in so many states no longer have fox drives. They simply go lamping in the evening. Yeah. But fox driving was one of those periods after the season, before the season that you'd clear up and reduce the amount of um, fox cubs and, and young foxes. It's now coming back, especially with certain advertising that we've done and also it's having a bit of a resurgence. Yeah. People are seeing that you can still get certain foxes that might be a lamp shy. You can still get them on a drive.
1: Well, I know you are absolutely right because some of the big estates around us, you know, they are lamping. They've got all the latest yeah. kit. They're doing
21: everything that you
1: can do to control the fox populations, but they are still driving foxes,
21: and they're pretty much all using Ely Alpha Max. Well, it's gone full circle, has not it? It's gone from using Alpha Max to using Rimfire to using Centerfire to using night vision and now thermal imaging and it's going full circle now there's again this resurgence into going back and back, having back to drive. basics Yeah, and having fox drives again which is getting people back out into the countryside giving beaters something else to do on the estate which they, they're encouraged to do to get involved in not just the day of beating but also you know, the rook shooting and the vermin control which is now encouraging people again to drive foxes I mean, it's all,
1: it's all, all good fun and, and all part of part of the management and the process. I
21: wasn't sure. Okay, no worries.
0: You've, uh, you've got quite an impressive stand at the British Ink Show. How have you found the show so far? Because this is the last last day.
21: The show has been... Very successful for us. It was last year and this year again we've had so many customers, both new and old. We've had people coming that have been shooting our cartridges since the nineteen sixties and fifties. And now we've got younger people of your own generation coming up saying, you yeah, know, we really like this new stuff. You know, this new zenith is is we've been on shoots and it's phenomenal. And we just say, Yeah, we, we worked hard on this. We haven't just dreamt it up and changed the package the actual product has been developed in our labs and then finalized by using on on the shooters mm-hmm. and the feedback has been great yeah. the that's
1: the second, the time, se- that second time this has happened <laughs> that's all right we'll
21: just we'll just wait for a second well the, the people
0: listening can get the atmosphere of the show <laughs> through the the speaker yeah, find out what's going on
1: live events going on like we were looking at earlier yeah in fact well we'll uh, in in seven minutes we need to go and do this yeah, live draw thing but uh, we'll wrap up with Andy once the man finishes
21: speaking, which he has done now. So the show has been a good success, I think, is where it's we were conclude. a great success. We've had people from all disciplines. We've launched the new DTL trap cartridge, the DTL Gold. So that has stirred up quite a lot of interest. We've then had people coming back giving us reports on the game season with the, that they've had with our Zenith, all being positive reports. Um, people like yourself talking about the vermin control and the foxes and what we've got coming in the future it's been very exciting for us and the, and the enthusiasm coming back from our, both our uh, dealer network and from our consumer has all been so positive it's given the team here a real boost that all the efforts we've put in over the last two years You're seeing it, you're yeah, seeing, really seeing, off. seeing it, we've changed the whole team from the top down um, and we are, we are starting to see the benefits now in the UK um,
1: And just lastly for anyone who wants to come and check out the stuff later on in the year at the other game fairs,
21: where are you going to be? We are going to be at the UK Game Fair. We are sponsoring the shooting line there. We're running uh, the shooting line with EJ Churchill. We're sponsoring that. We'll also have a stand at the Game Fair. We'll have experts on hand to answer any of your questions. And if anyone's got any questions at all, no matter how ridiculous it might seem, please come and see us.
1: That's brilliant. Thanks very much for your time, time, Andy. Thank you very much.
21: cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Andy.
1: So we've just come over to the, rushed over to the Night Vision UK stand because we're just about to witness a prize draw of a really awesome prize. And we're here with Pete from Night Vision UK. Pete, this is, I didn't realise quite what a big prize this is. Just give
11: me a rundown of what the person we are about to draw in the next few minutes is about to win. Okay, Uh, a guy called James Brewer, a friend of ours in New Hampshire, decided to put on a hunt. So the lucky winner is going to go through to USA. Uh, the dates will be confirmed through with James. You get the flights included through from Heathrow, The return back, your food, your accommodation, uh, your ammunition, guns supplied while you're there. More importantly and critically, safety training and everything else. But it's going to be a chance, I, I think, I think it's five days. Um, I wish I had entered no, I no, obviously don't need to pay more to attention on TV social media. We, we made it available purely through to Envy UK members. Um, we've asked uh, Tim Weston from the National Gamekeepers Association, uh, organisation, sorry, to come and help us out and witness it. Uh, yourself, obviously. And, uh, our, ourself, of your course. Your gorgeous, handsome <laughs> selves travelling down all this way to see us to come and help us uh, verify that what we're doing is pucker real and, and no. Names hidden up sleeves, etc. etc. So it's been a great event. James has actually sent me the names through. Um, We're going to do it as a number draw. There are 170 that have actually entered with this. So we'll do the draw through obviously from numbers one through to 170. We're going to use an app. Uh, um, While we're doing this as a podcast, we have actually got Connor that's from AC Arms and AC Guns, Ray Hales, who's brought us here over this weekend. He's actually videoing this with the iPad at the moment. We'll try and get that, obviously, on Facebook as fast as possible. So we've got as many people here as we can to invigilate it, if you wish. That's great. We've just seen the 170
1: name list, Uh, and we've seen seen the app being used and yep.
11: yeah it's basically just a random num- number generator is what it is so if we start in new draw and we put to numbers and we're going to put in the range as being from one through to 170. Tim can you verify that that's the case?
21: Absolutely one to 170 starting from one finishing at 170.
11: So Excellent. if you want to press the okay this it is the this is the exciting okay, bit now. Pressed. Yeah so it's asking you yes. Right let's oh. hold it now. We it. Here it we well. go.
3: It's very
11: exciting number for the person
0: that's a way to win I this. Know, absolutely.
11: It is. Number 87 87 87, 87. everybody so sees that. 87's the yep winner. so we we I don't know who that yeah. is cuz I so need to look well, through the Well the list don't you? I've got a list of names on my phone now so I can actually tell you who number 87 is. Let's find out. Let's find out who it is. So if we go through to messenger and we go through to, not that one, but James. So what was the number? 87. We need a number 87 ticket. Number. Oh, hang on, I've just seen it. 87. There it is. Oh number no, sorry, that's... Uh... No, that number, is 87. Number, uh, that person bought 87, 88 and 89. So number 87, uh, the name that's on here is Finley Newman, and then it's forward slash... Dan Halfrodo Halford Tickets. So, Finlay Newman forward slash Dan Halfrodo Halford Tickets. He bought tickets 87, 88 and 89 so that's the winner of the trip congratulations whoever you are and thank you everybody here. Yeah. well wow, what a wow. trip what a trip i am just a little bit jealous Yep.
0: Ne- next time we're going to get in on that yeah I think <laughs> you're going to have to
1: become a become a member and uh enter these fantastic great. members thank you very much pete here. we just want to catch you just for a minute okay. to just to tell people what night vision uk is all about how they can find it obviously you are
0: it. probably one of the largest groups on facebook
11: yeah, we, we started off just myself and Eddie. Um, there is history at back of it, we don't need to go into that. Two people sharing ideas from other forums and things that way, chatting and discussing ideas. Um, we very quickly started to have an active member group and we've now become, as far as I'm aware, the largest active Facebook or group of its kind within Europe. We've got now just over 10,500 members. And growing every day, we see and it. And still growing, yeah. constantly. Um, we, we, we have, with regards to the recent Facebook issues where groups have been yep. shut down, tried to also create a safe environment within our website. So at www.mvuk.co.uk, we've recently launched a forum within the website. Yeah,
0: I saw that. Yep. Is that, and that's solely due, well not solely due, but that's because before you could obviously sell on Facebook and now they're basically saying we'll shut you down if you sell
11: for for many reasons really it gives a safe environment as well where where maybe more control you're not going to lose the website unless something critical happens within Facebook you're using their permissions, that's fine. What we don't do is we don't read the small print when we join social met- networks and medias. So we do four foul of things eventually. So we have got the page that's on, f- on Facebook that we can do things through, but it's not just sales. It says that you can't offer services. Now, everybody that's in the group that helps each other out potentially is offering, offering a service. service. Yeah. So it stops many, many things, potentially. Yeah. So we try to create the forum as being a safe place that the members hopefully will transfer over to maybe new people as well we hope that the group doesn't vanish obviously because it's the members that makes it what it is as well not just myself and eddie yep. hopefully we go forward from here uh, a list of events at different shows to come through the rest of this year last year i was supported by sax as well so jules studdart and, and alex uh, which, Bando of course, this, this podcast
0: on. is supported by. Yeah,
11: absolutely. So, they were fabulous last year. I had an event up at Drumming Larry Castle with them. Ours oh, are oh, fabulous. Um, and hopefully, we carry on from where we are uh, for doing what we, we try to do, which is make an affordable option for people, an entry level maybe in, but also take it up to custom builds at, at higher levels and higher qualities. That's what we're about, really. Yeah, I know we were having a look at uh,
1: some of your night vision equipment this, this last couple of days when we've been walking around. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great to see, and it's great to see something that... Some very unique stuff. Yeah, very, very yeah. unique stuff. And, you know, like you say, at an affordable level where people can, can enter into it. Yeah, definitely. So have you guys
11: enjoyed the show while you've been here? We have. Yeah, I don't we, actually know where the three days no, I know. Gone. It's disappeared. It, it's incredible. I mean, we, we arrived Thursday evening, um, and it seems to take forever to get set up. The, the intrepidation of the nerves always kicks in. I mean, I, I run a health and safety training and consultancy company, so on a daily basis, I'm used to talking to people on a regular basis. You still get the butterflies. You don't know where your audience is going to be. Yep. You think you're well prepared, but it your
0: still catches stand you. is always. Oh, we can't get you. We've been trying to catch
11: you for a podcast, but there's been too many people every time we come past. Wait. But, but my, i suppose that the two things the pros and the cons i love telling people about what we do <laughs> um that can sometimes obviously stop what maybe we've come for i'd, I'd like to sell a few kits that's <laughs> yeah. no, um, been great but well, thanks no, very thank much very for much. taking the time pete and uh, you yeah time, congratulations always. again to the number thank 87 <laughs> <because> <laughs> yeah. that is a great prize fantastic thank you okay, very much you
1: Lovely. we're just over at the accuracy international stand and we've got alice here from accuracy international for those people who recognize the name but don't know the history, where did it where did it come from and how did it get from becoming in existence to supplying the British military with sniper rifles?
22: Black International started in 1978 uh, with Malcolm Cooper and Dave Walls and Dave Kage. Um, and they designed a military rifle from the ground up, which was put into service into, in 1985 as the L96A1 and that was retired in 2008 where, which, and was replaced in the 338 Lapua Magnum, which is the L115A3.
1: And in terms of new releases this year, do you have new stock configurations, new action configurations? What, what can we look forward to into 2016?
22: Uh, 2014 we launched our AX series and AT series which has replaced our previous AW series which was Arctic Warfare and it's just a more modern uh, configuration of rifles so it's modular and has the inline night vision capability, rails, picatinny uh, for the future uh, of modernization of sniper rifles.
1: It's a very, very sexy looking rifle. After it <laughs> yeah, is. it is. I mean, I think, I, I wish I could remember this properly, but I think this rifle does actually hold quite a few world records or world records that have been broken by longer sniper kills.
22: It does. A British sniper uh, in 2009, I believe, uh, shot two Taliban and a machine gun at 2,475 metres with our AW338, which is the l 115
0: Incredible distance. (laughs) Just just phenomenal.
1: And moving away from that side to the civilian side, I mean, it is a very, very tactical looking rifle, but the civilian market, there seems to be an increasing number of people with them.
22: That's correct. We we only make uh, the rifles as a military and police uh, application, but as a Section One bolt-action rifle, it is uh, able to be purchased by civilians um, if they want one. And what sort of
1: what sort of money are you, are you talking at if you're if, if if you're looking for an accuracy international? Uh,
22: the AT line is our uh, baseline of rifles, starting around the three thousand pound mark, and the AX line, which is in 308, 300 Win Mag, 338 Lapua. They are about the £5,000 mark, and then the 50 calibre is about the £7,000 mark.
1: Now, am I right in saying that you can actually buy your stocks for other actions?
22: That's correct, we do a chassis system, so it's an aluminium uh, V-block bedding system, chassis with a detachable magazine, uh, for Remington 700 and clone actions. Uh, we will be putting into production later, one for a Tikka T3 action and a Savage 10 series.
1: Okay, so that pretty much covers the basis of uh, what the vast majority. Yeah. Of people, are, Most people have a Remy 700, but there's a lot of people with Tikkas who want to replace the stock, so that's... Uh, and you mentioned your magazines. I think your magazine systems are probably universally used across more custom rifles than probably any other magazine system. What's been the success of that, do you think?
22: The magazine was designed uh, for the L96 as a very easily uh, maintainable one-piece system and it has it's the same design that's used to this day uh, just increased for capacity on the 338 it's now a 10 round magazine but the design is a good design and it's uh, sold to many other manufacturers of rifles and also custom gun builders with bottom metals.
1: Uh, It's brilliant and uh... Yeah, your stand looks really great and the rifles look even better. So thanks very much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Perfect. We've just wandered through over to the, the Blaza Sporting Stand and we're going to sp- be speaking to Robert about the new F-16 just in a minute. But I've managed to catch Marwan from Sauer and he's standing beside the Sauer 404. We were shooting together back in Denmark and I shot a shed load around. You just told me before we came on here that the, the, the journalist shot 30,000 rounds. 30, in like 30,000
23: rounds on one weekend, yeah? yeah? Roundabout, yeah?
1: So it was a lot of sore shoulders. But the, the Sauer 404 brand new rifle for Sauer last year, very unique, got a lot of cool features. Can you
23: just talk us through it for those people who haven't seen it? Yeah, the Sauer 4.4 is is a great gun. It's a mixture between so good old stuff um, and also some totally new unique things. You can start, you know, you have always called Sustool, a small tool integrated in the front stock with you for demounting the gun, whenever you need it whatever you would like to do any adjustment can be done from that one tool any adjustment you can demount the whole gun with only one tool with the same tool you also adjust the weight of the trigger that's also something very unique you have four different positions so we start with I'm more familiar with that kind of system 550 grams 750 1050 finally 1250 so it depends So for your needs as a hunter you would like to use a light trigger set it on number one you would like to use a more heavy one on a driven hunt number four that's 1250 you also can adjust the trigger at itself and that's for me one of the really really unique points of very cool actually because every one of us we have different fingers different hands and the the most or the 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 typical failure by shooting is to leave a gap between your shooting finger and the stock That's the anatomic of your hand. If you then put pressure on the gun or on the trigger, you put pressure on the shooting finger and on the thumb at the same time. So the art of shooting is always to take all the the movement away from the gun. With that trigger, you can adjust it eight millimeters to the front, to the back, and also the angle of five degrees to the left and to the right. So this is a gun out of the box, but you can adjust it for your own needs. You can change the barrels, you can change the head, of the, of, the, of the bowl, that it fits to the caliber, so that gun offers you nearly everything you need. And it breaks down and it's great for
1: traveling as well because you can take the barrel
23: off. I can tell you what, I always have the big problem, I travel a lot with a lot of guns, and um, that gun we are offering a compact case, a very, very small, case where you can put in the gun you never would mention that there is a gun inside normally people think you have your wyline or something (laughs) like that next to you that is something that is really cool and just finally the the mounting system on it it's got a a quick release mounting system on it how does that work that's our own mount and um, while we introduce our own mount the most important thing is that mount the unique selling proposition of that mount is it's the lowest one and also, there we would like to give the people, we call that huntability, so that people have real benefit in using our products. And if you mount a scope very low on a gun, that means the gap between the barrel at itself, so the center of the barrel, and the reticle is smaller. So if you then shot on very short distances or on very long, you are more precise.
1: No, it's a, it's a great rifle to use because I've fired Well, definitely more rounds through that than any other test rifle I have, just because we were in Denmark. But it's a a great rifle to look at. Oh, thank you very much. You guys have done a good job. Thank thank you. you very much. Yep, thank you. So we've just managed to uh, call a Robert from Plaza uh, Sporting, and we're standing beside the F16, which you had the most impressive launch for. On the
0: I, I, I don't think anyone has ever seen a launch in this country like like what was uh, what you did.
24: We just thought let's let's we just thought let's have just a little bit of fun and just make make it make it big. For
0: for the people listening, there was flame involved and smoke <laughs> and yes, smoke.
24: <laughs> yes, there was there was a lot of noise, but I think the product was so exciting and everybody worked so hard at the factory of giving us this launch. A little bit. The launch was actually, launches like that usually go to IWA in Nuremberg and getting it to the British shooting show was such a big deal because it's like launching a product like that is putting a a fully tanked plane on the runway and just before you're letting go you tell the pilots, right boys, we've just shortened the runway by a third just to make it a bit more fun for you. The guys (laughs) obviously had to run to a shortened test schedule and then obviously export licenses are involved. It was a big deal and thanks to everyone at the factory to actually make that happen for us so also it was just launching this in a big way was a big relief for us and to also a nod to the factory and saying thank you
1: um, and for for those people who are not familiar with your rain, blazers most of the I think probably a lot of the people who listen to this are know of the blazer rifle which is you know just yeah. such a, a leading front in rifles not everybody is aware of blazer and shotguns where does the f16
24: fit well we've got the F three which has made quite an inroad. It is our premium product, which is so it's known to a more specialist market. Real high level clay shooters usually tend to go for the F for the F three.
1: I shot it in Denmark, it's very, very nice. Yes.
24: It's 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 a great shotgun, but it's very, very it's more complex, it's got an inline striker system, it's got huge amounts of modularity. The F sixteen is a much more focused product. It's there's only two options available it's focused at the sporting clay and the game market hence two options Um, game version uh, the game version which you can the easy recognizable thing is that the f16 in silver gray is um, the game version and when you've got an f16 in red on the side that's the sporter the game version comes in 28 and 30-inch versions with a, with a silver brass bead, and the sporter comes in 30 and 32-inch options with some other options in terms of balancing involved. But it's the F16 is a much more no-nonsense flat-rip sporter with no modularity involved.
1: It's a very, very sleek-looking gun just from start to finish. And, and
0: you made a man go very white when you gave one away at the, the unveiling of it.
24: Yeah, we, we thought um, again in the name let's, let's just have fun and the first one the first it turned out yet again i drew a we drew a left-handed shooter out of the out of the <laughs> hat my luck third one this year that i draw out of the hat it's a left-handed shooter we haven't got one of these coming in anytime too soon but they are in the making the left-handed options will be available but um the first hander into the country is his yes well, that's, amazing, that's
1: fantastic yeah. and Retail price, what can you pick these up for in the shops?
24: The Sporter in its basic version will come in at 2780. The game which doesn't have the balancing options in is 2550 retail.
1: So it's moved Blaza shotguns into a very, very affordable part of the market.
24: Two-prong with Blaza it's not so much the price, it's can we deliver the product in a sensible quality? Where Blaser have really pushed the boat out is how, how it's an extremely shallow action. The design is very bold and very minimalistic, but yet very elegant. It's the shallowest 12 gauge that I'm aware of in the market at the moment. It's built on a more conventional hammer system. The F3 is an inline striker system. The, the action there is already quite shallow. And they went one further with this one, delivering a conventional striker system with, uh, with a very, very shallow action, Yes.
1: No, it looks great, and thank you very much for taking the time yeah, to talk to us. thank you. Thank you. So, we thought we were almost done, but I noticed that, finally, Mark was free on the Ruag stand. And you've got Begara rifles here, uh, Mark, that I was lucky enough to review, actually when, you fir- actually, when you first brought in the switch barrel one, and then when you for- first brought in the B14, yes. just tell us a little bit about them, where they've come from, because a lot of people still haven't heard of Begara as a brand.
25: Bagara uh, are famous for aftermarket barrels, they used to make them for other manufacturers and then one day someone at the factory said, why don't we make our own barrel? Uh, they're known for their accuracy and their quality. Um, they came out with a few designs and uh, one of the ones is the B14. The B14 initially has been launched with a floor plate, um, but the latest ones we've got here at the show are the detachable box magazine version they are going to be readily available in the shops as of I think about the end of March. Uh, we got these in early, they were supposed to be launched at the IWA show in uh, in Germany but we got these in You've early. you snuck in early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we snuck in early. Um, the only three we have in the, in the country are here on the wall. There is a, uh, a green sporter model, uh, it's a green plastic stock, it's more of an ambidextrous stock. Um, just so that we've got something for those left-handers although there's not a left-handed bolt but at least they can use one. The most popular one is the black synthetic um, and then we also have the walnut version. All of these are available in all the calibers that they do at the moment. There are more calibers coming online but they refuse to tell us what they are going to be until we actually get to IWA. Um, I think there's going to be uh, a um, a, a 243, we've got the 308, 270. All the all the major ones um, that we sell in this country are already available. Unfortunately, at the moment, not 223. A little bit of a, um, an issue with the fact that they have to get a license because they're made in Spain and it's a military caliber. That will follow on, but it will probably be later on in the year. But at the moment, every other caliber is available. They're all threaded, uh, ready for a sound moderator with a, a 14 by one thread. Um, and if you looked at the prices if you could if this was actually on camera you would uh, see incredible incredible uh, the prices, prices are phenomenal well when I when I, I was
1: very lucky enough to to review this straight after shot show when they first came out um, Phil sent me one over and it was the the original version with the floor plate and at that point I didn't know what the price was and so I reviewed the rifle and then right at the end, I phoned up the office to find out what the retail was, and it was sort of excuse me, yeah, they because made well yeah exactly because I th- my my guess was, and I, I kind of normally I have an idea what a rifle costs when I'm reviewing it, but this I had no idea because they'd only just been brought in, and my guess was it's probably going to be about a thousand pound rifle. That's what it felt like to me, and the price
25: is six hundred and sixty pounds. We saw this as a drawing probably about five years ago. I was sat in a a hotel in London with the guys, and they said, uh, yeah, this is going to be our rifle. This is what we plan to do with it. And at the time, they told me what the price was going to be, and I laughed. I said, I think you've made a mistake. And they said, no, no, that's what it's going to be. And sure enough, here it is. I mean, you're looking at um, a synthetic model with a recommended retail price uh, the detachable box magazine 660 pounds and for a little bolt action rifle that's as, as good as this one is that's a phenomenal price bagara make
1: very very good barrels and this um, particular bolt i mean there's nothing fancy about it it's a two lug design but I tell you what it's one of the slickest on the market
25: yeah yeah it's we, we've had great reviews from all the magazines that we've sent it out to um, I don't know uh, if the, uh, the word got around, but um, they've, they've oversubscribed to the sales because uh, when they showed this at the SHOT Show in, in January of last year, they got such a response, they were overwhelmed with orders. Um, they, they sold more at the SHOT Show than they'd planned to make in the whole year. Uh, and uh, Just it, at that one show? Just at that one show, in, in the few days that the show was on, and um, it took them a little while to recover for the first orders, but after that, it's been flooding flooding through. It's, it's very good.
1: No, it's, it, is a, it is a great rifle for, for the money. I said that when I first reviewed it. And this uh, green model that we were looking at with the kind of soft-touch finish on it, which is, you said, the only one in the country with the that's new that, detachable magazine. That, that, that's the one I would have. Yeah, this, that is a very it's a very good-looking rifle, although not a lot, a lot else has changed. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that.
25: Well, a couple of months, you can have
1: one. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank Mark. you. Much appreciated. You. Well, those final noises are the final moments of the British shooting show. Yeah, that's it. Done, done for up.
0: 2016.
1: We've been here for 3 days, it kind of feels like
0: 1 uh, and we we've we tried to go around as many people as we could and we ran out of time that that was it.
1: We've missed loads of people out which is really unfortunate. We were uh, obviously we were on our our film was playing on the Vortex stand and we didn't even have a chance to speak did, to the guys at the stand we were We didn't even on. get to speak to them because um, they were flat out all day. They were flat day. out. Edgar Brothers. I don't think we had a chance to speak to Edgar no, we Brothers didn't, no. but I did go and have a look at their you know the new guns and the CZs and the Zolis and stuff. So, we're, um, Browning and Winchester yep. didn't have a chance to see them. Although I did see them myself, but we didn't have a chance to go and record them.
0: No, um, it's been it's been an absolutely great experience, isn't it? It
1: has. Well, what a tremendous show!
0: And uh, thank you for everyone that's come up and said hello to us. Because there's been loads of people that have, s- have been listening to the podcast that have come up and said, "Oh, you know, listen to the show or, or watched our our series and that." And it's been great. The amount of people that have yeah, been... no,
1: we we really appreciate that, and uh, it's it's just really it's nice to meet people
0: yeah it is no absolutely
1: so i think that is us done we now have probably an eight hour drive home which none of us are looking forward to no exactly Um, we'll get back up to snowy scotland
0: yeah apparently it's been snowing
1: and we'll catch up with the rugby schools as well
0: yes yes we will but no thank you very much don't forget to subscribe to the podcast You can download it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and you can watch it on YouTube on this one. It's going to be mainly pictures for this one just because we've been so, so busy. But there'll be good pictures, so don't worry. And uh, leave us a review on... ITunes. ITunes. Yeah, yeah, which some of you have. Some of you have been leaving reviews and we will uh, be doing a competition at some point with the people yeah. that left the, the reviews and incidentally, the um, one of the young guys that won the last competition, I saw him today and he was picking up his stuff from the Fortis stand.
1: Yeah, so um, we're going to get him to send us a picture of him with it, uh, using it and then we're going to put that up on our Facebook page. Yep,
0: no, definitely. But, um,
1: but yeah, thank you very much everybody for listening and... If, you didn't, if you're didn't, if you tuning in for the first time and you haven't listened to any of our other podcasts, I recommend you first go back and check the one we did two weeks ago, which was with Josh James, because he's a very cool guy and a big name on YouTube. And uh, if you haven't listened before, then you won't know that this podcast is um, supported by the Scottish
3: Association for Country Sports, who make it possible for us to bring you these podcasts every two weeks. So,